Welcome to the Bacon Game Sports Pod. Your source for the latest on baseball, football, and whatever else he feels like talking about. Get ready. Here is your host, Jesse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. I'm joined here with Bob, Matt, and Jeff. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? What's up? This is Jeff. I'll uh, I'll kick off. Um, yeah, I'm working with the guys you're going to hear right after me. Uh, big Showdown fan, kind of joined them in the crew. And um, yeah, I'm just kind of really a part of their podcast. So uh, Big Showdown fan, as we're going to talk about. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm Bob. Uh, I do I uh, host the uh, Bourbon Road Baseball podcast. I joined up with uh, with uh, Matt and Peter on the blog and making the 2018 cards and um, the 2019 set, and did some of the template work and some of the color and art stuff, including working on like fielding information and stuff like that. That's that's my rap. <laughs> uh, I'm Matt. Um... Just like Bob, I found the blog and reached out to Peter, and I got involved probably mid-2018 set with really helping them, and then 2019. Dope, dope. Yep. Um, we, we all met, e- th- met each other through, through Showdown, so look yeah. at that. And we all live within a half hour of each other. <laughs> yeah, that that's, worked out. That's the other weird thing. <laughs> that, oh, that what, that's, okay, yeah, that is pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. I, met, I met Matt through joining the blog which i just stumbled upon because i was trying to create my own cards and i was like oh there's a there's a blog already doing this let me let me just talk to the people it was mainly peter that was running the blog and matt was helping him and then it turns out matt's like you know 40 minutes from me and i'm like wow that's crazy and then later on i i i do a lot of in-person leagues because i can i'm pretty good at gathering people to our parties so i can get 10 people over to play showdown and uh one of the guys had dropped out and one of my leagues and Jeff had joined. Turned out Jeff was also very, very close to me and, and Jeff's been awesome to deal with. So it's been good to, with these uh, these locals that we that we can keep uh, accumulating. Though it's funny then to invite these people over to my house with my wife and like, who this random guy? <laughs> I met him online. He's cool. Don't worry. Right. And I, I ended up not being too weird. No, no, so no. It, it's funny. I'll even give the like, weirder backstory. I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but no, the, way, the way I met Bob is even like the short story of it is I found my cards, hit up my high school buddy, and he was in Bob's league. And then, like Bob said, like one of the guys dropped out and I kind of jumped in and, you know, the rest is history. Um we have now done more investigating via Facebook memories. And the even crazier story that, Bob, you have not heard yet is oh. that back in like 2009, Kevin, who's friend of our podcast, Kevin, the guy who I was friends with in high school, posted on my, my Facebook wall saying, did you find your cards in 2009? <laughs> and and I, I, was, I think I said, nah, man, no idea where they are right in 2009. And then back in 2018 or 2017, my friend through Facebook memory bumps it and says, did you ever find your cards? And clearly that planted some little seed in my brain. I'm like, I think my showdown cards are somewhere. So then like less than six months later, I find my cards in the basement, text Kevin 
And then Kevin says, dude, I'm in this league with Bob. And then I end up joining the whole thing. So it's just (laughs) really just like I we were I I was golfing with Kevin and literally we were talking about if he doesn't like repost that memories thing on my wall. Like, do we do I get into like showdown? Am I sitting here doing this podcast? Like, probably not. So anyway, that's my quick. Did I tell you how I got Kevin into it? No. Back into it. So randomly i'm at a game night as you've been to at uh one of our friends and at the time uh kevin was talking to this girl and so he had come to the game night and i was trying to get our friend dusty to to convince him to play clutch baseball and we'll talk about this later but i was like i got all these clutch cards and i used to play showdown and i want to get people into clutch so i had this with me not knowing not getting a chance to talk to my friend dusty yet and i wear baseball jerseys like all the time and so kevin goes it's funny that you're always wearing baseball jerseys. Have you ever played MLB Showdown? And I said, funny you say that. I have a box of clutch baseball cards with showdown cards on me right now. And then I was able to obviously get Kevin into my league. And then the rest was kind of history from that. It's pretty yeah, funny. Dude. It's usually it's fun. It's Jesse. What you'll figure out is like so much with like, especially us here locally. But like there's so many weird showdown stories. <laughs> like we keep finding oh, out more about it. It's it's really bizarre. Well, they're all like 20 year old. I mean, the game was 20 years ago. Yeah, sort of. Uh, true. It, it, I thought it was awesome when it first came out and, and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But <laughs> Yeah, Um. so real quick, for people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, um, MLB <laughs> Showdown uh, was a card game that came out in, like, 99 or 2000 or whatever. Um, and it's basically just, like, a, a, a baseball simulator game, right? That's what I can call it, if you guys want to explain it any better. I mean, I know what it is, but I figure you guys. Uh, it was it was sort of like, um, what was that game back in the day? Uh, Stratomatic or something? It's, it's, yeah, Stratomatic is so like, there's, a, there's a couple. So it was off that, and there was an, uh, uh, a, uh, I don't know if it was Tops or Di- uh, Digest mm-hmm. or something, did a, did a baseball card where it had sort of the idea with these like diamonds in the corner, and they were a dice roll for hits or something. But they're sort of like collectible cards, and I think then which the Coast teamed up with, um, with what was it? Who was it at the time? But, but uh, they got it uh, produced. <laughs> Yeah, like the long story short version is like Wizards of the Coast was just rolling in magic and Pokemon money. It yes. was just throwing especially Pokemon. It, right, especially yeah. Pokemon. Like they were they there was so much money in Pokemon, which is like a big reason why I think I got to showdown was through Pokemon. Um just because I was coming out of, you know, Pokemon phase and kind of coming into being into sports phase. So can you think of anything perfect, <laughs> you know, to bridge that gap? Um but they were Wizards of the Coast was rolling in money. They kind of were throwing it at it anything and this was one of them and i'm glad they did and it had a weird history and like it really changed throughout that five to six year span it was it was out which five to six year span for any card game honestly feels long at this point kind of looking more into them so um so that's kind of the back it's a card game you're rolling dice it's really simplistic in nature but there's been a lot of ways that you know when the game was played that you would play strategy cards you would have a hand you would have a deck like really like almost like a traditional card game um but now you know 20 years later um people are playing it in its original form uh we're doing kind of a different version of it to play quick games and everybody's kind of turned it into their own like their own thing in their microcosm so yeah it's really interesting mm-hmm. yeah okay cool yeah yeah I, I would say that's a pretty accurate assessment. I mean, you can look it up for yourself. It's a D20, and there's little, you know, like a little a box on the side that you mentioned that, like, tells you what to do, and it's just a baseball game. It's a lot of fun. I think the foiling on the cards is really what got me into it, personally, because the foiling is beautiful. Um, but, yeah, so I had the first question for you guys is, how long have you been playing, um, and how did you get into MLB Showdown? I think y'all kind of said a little bit, but for the rest of you guys. Well, Jeff, I'll go you first. Know, I'll, 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 you can yeah. go, Matt. Well, um, so... 
because you guys already kind of gave yours, but I used to play in like a Pokemon league when I was younger. And it was like almost how Jeff said, like, you know, you're getting a little older. I was really into sports and like the the card owner shop. They were like, hey, we got this new baseball game. And they kind of had like a demo pack for everybody to play. And I played it. and I was like, this is awesome. And so I ended up getting like a starter deck. And then like me and my friends on my street all started playing it. And it was like, let's do, let's cut people's yards and rake their leaves for money so we could buy more. Dope, dope. And you've yeah, been and doing that since, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, you're, you're still doing more that. grass right now. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. So, and mine was through, mine was more through Magic because uh, I, I mean, I played Pokemon, but I didn't play as much mm-hmm. as I think you guys did. And I played Magic tournaments, and I think because this is a Wizards product, that they were promoting it as well. And I said, I like baseball, and I like collecting cards, and I always had collected baseball cards, and so I think my dad got me some, and then. I got hooked as well because I just loved watching baseball with my dad. So then I'm like, okay, now I can play baseball like in front of me. And I already liked dice and card games. So it was easy. Right. And one thing I'll mention too, I think that, um, the most I, I think uh, and Jesse you, you were a part of like this map I had putting together to kind of show yeah, yeah, where showdown yeah. people were yeah. and it was interesting because like most of the people were definitely on, on the east coast I mean we're mm-hmm. talking Met there's so many different teams happening Yankees Mets like all in like one general area I think Long Island New York area was the biggest but Cleveland was not far behind it and I think like I think this applied to Matt Bob and I that the Indians were really really good in the 90s right like we had had bad base bad Bad baseball in Cleveland for like <laughs> five decades, like four bad decades, sports. right? Like bad sports in general. So like um, the fact that the Indians were good, right? We're all into card games. All of a sudden, we're seeing like there's three or four foil Indians on one team. I think it was like, and like we've noticed like a lot of people in this area are like we have a league of eight people that we play in person. Like could be more. Like so, I think that kind of reflects on that. Oh, I could get a lot more people if people could actually commit. I mean, right. I got like four, I got like fourteen to sixteen people that play. They just right. they can never commit the time. <laughs> right. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just remember, I don't I don't know how I got into it. I, I've been playing card games for all, like the Pokemon stuff you said. Um, I, I do remember going to like Toys R Us and playing those tournaments. I think that's what, it was that like a similar thing that you did? Or is that like totally different? No, I remember. Um, that's where I, I would have played Pokemon was at Toys R Us. Right, yeah. mine, mine were specifically through two card game shops, like local oh, card like game LGS, shops. Sure. Yeah, one was in a. I remember one was in a mall. It was called Gamekeepers. I have no idea if that was a chain <laughs> or not. I've always wanted to visit back to that mall to see what's there. Now it's probably a K Jewelers, honestly. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other one was just a rinky dink, um, you know, local card game shop that was gross. Mm. And like the guys were smoking inside all the time. There were like kids playing Pokemon. It was really weird. Um, <laughs> that is but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I remember buying Pokemon at. at uh, at um, toys and a pack of cigs, right? <laughs> right. Honestly, right. which one? Which one was more? Which one was worse for your health? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> probably the menthol lights. No. Um, yeah. No. It was. Uh. It's. It was weird. It's. It's funny. Somebody just on the Jesse. I don't know if you're on the. There's a Facebook group that if anybody listening is interested in showdown, like there's a Facebook group with a lot of people engaged, um, called Bring Back MLB Showdown, which is never going to happen. Um. <laughs> We're doing it ourselves, basically. But somebody posted like this picture of the old packs, but they were in like the version where they weren't loose, like they were like in a prepackaged like yeah. thing. And, uh, oh. and so we were all talking about where w- those would have been in like the Toys R Us in the yeah, target. So people didn't steal them. Mm-hmm. Well, they steal yeah. them, and they were definitely easier to stock on a shelf rather than put in a like you know stores didn't want to buy a booster box, right? So yeah. uh, anyway, I'm getting too deep into card stuff. But that's <laughs> that's. Okay. that's 
that's where that kind of where that kind of gets to. Do you, you guys uh, mentioned a bunch of card games? Do you do you still play any other card games? Are you guys into like TCGs or like uh, besides MLB Shadowrun? Obviously, I used to play Magic. I probably stopped about a few years ago, and now I might only play a little bit of uh, Magic here and there, and that's more of like just Cube and. Uh, um, like uh, Commander uh, for people sure, listening, yeah, yeah. but I mean, I don't think, and I wouldn't consider any of the games we play now, Jeff, because Jeff's in my uh, board game group. Um, we don't play any; those aren't TCGs. Those are more like board games, even though some of them have cards. Yeah, they're mostly um, they're mostly board games. Yeah, board um, games. I mean, I play D and D and with Matt um, as well, but yeah, I don't think I play any like. Yeah, I don't play Pokemon. I don't play Yu Gi Oh. Yeah. those are the big ones. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I. You would be the closest to... one, Jeff, because didn't you play like that uh, Star Wars one for a little bit? Yeah, I played. Oh. So I, I played a uh, a game called Star Wars Destiny, um, oh, Destiny okay. for a handful of years, which was like a. It's funny. I like rolling dice apparently because that's like. Oh, a Star, I love rolling it's, dice. <laughs> it's a Star Wars themed like card and die game, um, which I did have yeah. a lot of fun with. And man, I have so much damn Star Wars dice around like in my closet <laughs> right now. But I played that for a couple years and then it was killed off. Um, but uh, beyond that, no, I mean, I'm starting, I, like, funny to admit this, uh, my nephew is six, he's starting to get into Pokemon, and I didn't need much of a push to get back into it, <laughs> um, so now I'm kind of there, <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like that all comes around the same, yeah, I think I was playing the Star Wars card game iteration before that was like an LGS Yes, I, I, that, I don't, that, one's, yeah. that one's pretty well known, actually, and people love it. Yeah, love it, it. It's complicated. I remember it being very complicated, and I couldn't get people into it. So the reason I played like a lot of board games too is to get people into like TCGs, like Magic and stuff like that. And then we had to just keep playing board games, and now I'm just a board game guy too. So, do you guys play board Ascension? Ascension. Have you heard I've of that? Heard, no, I haven't. I, well, I've yeah. heard of it. I just haven't played it. Yeah, it's like a deck. It's a deck building game, right? And it's made by some guys who I, I want to say like Kibler was involved in it, or some ex Magic pros were like. Uh, into like creating it, so it's a very similar feel, and it's pretty fun. I, I would highly recommend it. If Is it the anything. one that uh, you have like one or zero energy per turn? I don't know. It doesn't deal with energy. It's got honor and how do you spell uh, it? Like uh, ascension, just like the word. I'm not. I'm really bad at spelling. I'm also a terrible speller. I was hoping you would just <laughs> AC, Yeah, I don't know. Ascension. If you like Google, like okay, I'll try to type in Google, but I'm really bad at every like all that kind of stuff. It's interesting on the board game stuff. I've noticed this now that um, so Richard Garfield was. Oh no, I've seen this game uh, advertised, but I've never played it. I recommend it. It's really fun. But the Richard Garfield is the guy who did, um, yeah. of course, did Magic, and uh, so he did another card game called Keyforge, which was not popular for a minute, and then it was gone. I tried it; it was okay. He also, I got a board game called King of Tokyo that he was yeah, involved yeah, yeah. with. That one's it's kind of like a fun party game, but. Um, just started playing a game called Santa Monica, which uh, it's a great theme. It's like a beach. Like, so, so it is, it, I will say like between like Bob's group and I, like my wife and I are big uh, board gamers. Like, um, and I think that kind of feeds into the showdown aspect that we're just Jeff, like, you gotta come over and play uh, Vikings gone wild. It's a, <laughs> it's is, a deck building game. It's pretty fun. <laughs> it's like the, ultimate, I love deck building if, games. if you saw Bob and his huge red beard and he's just the buffest guy I've ever met, like, well, I don't that, got the beard as much anymore, but, uh, I do, I do like to work out. <laughs> He's our, re- our resident Viking here. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, all right, all right back, should, back on track, people. Yeah, Jeez maybe we should recollect a little bit. This is yeah. a shorter board games. I mean, I'm fine with talking about both, but yeah. Um, okay, uh, so I'm just curious, like, who's your favorite hitter pitcher from the twenty two or the two thousand two thousand one series? Um, just like for, yeah, from that. Do you guys have favorites? 
I mean, mine is, I have a story. I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but I have some history with a guy named Doug Brocale. Um, he was a pitcher in the 2000 pennant run series for the Detroit Tigers. Um, guy looks badass, has an incredible goatee, and his card is amazing. And so I that one I have adopted as probably my favorite card since I got back into Showdown. But um, my favorite one's oh, like... Okay. I remember as a kid, like I just remember, I remember getting a 2001 Mark McGuire through like a like mm. a, a kind of a pack opening. Like I still have my, I literally have my original Carlos Delgado, Jeff Kent, and Jim Edmonds over oh. to the left oh, of wow. me in card frames. I bought card frames on Etsy; they exist. Um, I wanted to try them. They're cheap, they're plastic, but they look good. Um, yeah, so those were kind, of, those were kind of some of my big guys. Gotcha, gotcha. What about the other guys? Bob. Oh, well, uh, you know, I like uh, Mr. Jeff Bagwell from 2000 uh, and maybe Brad Radke as a pitcher, though I do end up drafting like Darren Lewis if they're looking at like non-foil versions like more than anyone. Um, for uh, 01, I like Gary Sheffield and Kevin Brown. And then as I think, I don't know if people listening and, and most, uh, I would say our friend group knows, after 01, there's just no reason to play shutdown anymore. It's just It's basically good from 0 to 01 and after that, it's you know heresy. Yeah. For for reference, they what happens is that Wizards of the Coast the story again the long story short version is there was a certain format done in year two thousand two thousand one that we enjoy and this is what the custom cards these other guys have made are based on. In two thousand one, the actual se- uh, the season, uh, Barry Bonds broke the home run record and essentially broke uh, the game in terms of how it was created. So instead of just like having there being a single broken card, which is what I would have done, they decided they, they decided to overhaul the entire game and basically change it so that you could not play cards from those two formats together, um, which it's it bums me out. It plagues me like that that ever <laughs> happened. Um, and like, uh, yes, anyway, that that's what Bob's talking about is that we play with these. When we talk about 2000, 2001, we're specific. There's a reason we're only talking about those two years. It's not because we love those years. <laughs> we do love those years, but we talk about it because there's really only, you know, uh, two years of cards that came out for this game that we are, we consider like part of the showdown for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really, it's her. two different versions. I mean, you have the 00 to 01, and then, like, I think 02 is a little weirder, I think, or maybe it was 03, and then the other ones merge well together, too. So it's really, yeah. there's two different sects. You know, you can either be in that one, if you like this, you know, the, the strategy cards and whatever, or you be in, you're in the 00 to 01 fan group. It's really right. sort of yeah. two. I've, well, I've always felt that, like, it was, like, 00 and then 01, and then 02 and 03, and then 04 and 05 were, like, kind of separate, or at least the way it, like, looked. I mean, I know you could play, like, with, you know, the rest of like, oh, five, it was oh, like three to oh, five were good. But like, oh, two was weird. Again, I don't 02 know. It's definitely weird. Yeah. OK, I'm, so I'm I, did, sure. I wasn't around. I mean, I, I collected a little bit, but I did not play those years. So I do not know enough to know, be dangerous there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm, I'm talking a little out of my ass, too. But like, I just like I so I like I like to like group them. And I mean, the way that they look, at least for 2004 and 2005 and the way they seem to go up to like the same, you know, stuff seems like they fit the best together. And oh, two and oh, three, I guess, are kind of just in their own place right it kind of feels mm-hmm. like that or I, I could be totally off base but um Matt, they definitely you, like juice Matt, stuff who do you up. like for 00 01 my, my 01 was always bonds just because like during mm-hmm. that time i was always like watching like if you know um here we didn't they didn't really play the games a lot in cleveland but anytime he had an at bat baseball tonight would cut to it and like yeah. so like my dad you know and this is summer vacation so i'd have school my dad would be like hey bonds is up and then like we'd go and watch 
because that was like our thing because we watched the Maguire Sosa thing and that that made it that got me into it. Like That's everybody awesome. loves home runs, so how can you? True. Not? True. And uh, so I was always a Bonds guy, and then for the OO set. I would probably say like a lock that would always be on my team would have been Griffey because he was my favorite player at the time. I'm interested that none of us picked Indians. <laughs> I know. Yeah. From I like the OO set, is that the Griffey from Seattle or the yeah. one with the pennant yeah, run? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Seattle one. If, if I had to pick an Indian since Bob brought it up, I would have picked Robbie Alomar. Mm. Mm. That's a good I one. actually I played second base and I got the 12 number that I played with my entire career <laughs> from him. Oh, he was a Met nice. too eventually, so yeah, oh, it was right. kind of the whole thing. I'm, I'm from the New York area, yeah, so... That was he was definitely I don't know I like I feel kind of like a basic person picking like foils to be like my favorite but I like I yeah. said before, I love foiling it, it's the most beautiful thing I think they've done about the card game the OO and the O one stuff like, I mean, it's like your intimidation stuff. factor when you play against somebody <laughs> sure, and you throw yeah, that yeah. foil oh, right. down yeah yeah you roll the foil line right we were literally just talking about the least intimidating foils today funny enough like in our in yeah. our disc our our little showdown Discord like there's a couple like hundred to two hundred point foils that were um really confused on how they got him but we you know through our our 2000 we've done a, a series where we talk about the 2000 uh showdown teams and like broke them and we break them down player by player and i mean basically what it came down to is every team got a foil and basically if whoever the all-star was they got the foil like it's almost consistently that <laughs> except for the athletics that we just did right which makes no <laughs> the athletic that was, was such a weird team if anybody yeah going back if anybody wants to watch a bizarre team, you know. And yeah. watch well, I haven't posted that one yet, and depending on how fast this gets posted, we'll see. <laughs> you might you might be able to listen to the athletics. You might not be able to. <laughs> All right, dope, dope. Um, so that was some good stuff. Let's see. I have, um, yeah, okay, so can you guys talk to me about the Greatest Showdown Project? Like, how or why did you decide to create it? Maybe, like, a little history on it? Because it's been around for a while now, right? You guys have been doing it for three, four years, maybe? Two yeah. years? I don't so, know. Uh, uh, me and Matt will probably... Uh, yeah. jump on this one but um so peter is the guy that is is the creator and peter um i think was a big fan of the other uh website before him the other blog uh, i can't remember the name of it do you remember it matt i think it was just like mlb blogs mlb or showdown.blogspot or something maybe that's what it was so it, again yeah. big fans of them they they he they made those couple guys, those two guys, uh, Colby and Matt, also uh, Matt P, they made cards for a few years and they were awesome and they did some some work too. And I think at the time they started stopped making them and then Peter started to want to do it as well and started making them. And I actually asked Peter um, earlier because I didn't know I didn't think he'd be on. And he said uh, he just he really said he really wanted to start it because he wanted a place for people to share custom cards, custom cards, league results, opinions, and to find other fans as much as they wanted. So Peter had started this thing, and then uh, just just with cards that he was creating for him and his buddies, I believe, in college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Matt joined, and then then quickly thereafter, I joined, and then sort of we had this three man team, where I I had brought the template to the. Um, so you guys had just you guys just had a basic template, I was, right? I was doing mine in Microsoft Paint. Okay. Okay. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So they, wow. they had that basic template and they ran through a bunch of what World Series teams and mm -hmm. an old team. So I really liked the other blog, too, because of how clean and crisp the cards were and how well they looked like the old ones. Now, me being a little bit in design, I said, I bet I can replicate this um, because I knew they weren't going to give me the template. You know, they worked so hard on. So I was like, I'll make my own. Um, so I made um, I made my first one was an Aaron Judge card. 
And uh, that's probably my favorite card that I made was the Aaron Judge because it was my first one. And I made it and I thought it looked really crisp. I showed them and they loved it. And so they were like, let's all just work together. We'll use your template. We'll make this 2018 set coming up next year and we'll do some custom cards. So we've been sort of teamed up ever since and been friends since then. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, awesome. I- I think uh, it, he pretty much nailed it on the head. I mean, the blog is awesome because now there's probably like 10 different people that post on there and it's like, oh, here's what's going on in my league or here's like my type of design for a card. Because like we've always said with customs, it's what you want. Like we have our formula that we like to follow. It doesn't, whatever makes you happy. We're just playing a game for fun. <laughs> but like if you if you want to make a guy that's ungodly, go for it. Who cares? But like... <laughs> It's it's just tons of fun to see everybody come together over a game that hasn't been around for 20 years. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, we're going to go have a blind draft at Bob's. Awesome. Like, let's all take a six pack and have a good time. So a blind draft? How, oh, the, yeah. Is, oh, that, is that like, because I, I, I'm curious now, because I know draft formats from like Magic and all that stuff. And like, you know, I understand yeah, how you could do like it. I like this it's, one. <laughs> what, is a blind, what is a blind draft? Jeff, you, you could run this one. This is, you like this. This is like when you're yeah, things. <laughs> I, I freaking love blind drafts. So, um, so like a little tiny backstory, like I, you know, there's so many, I'm sure Jesse, you know, and like we've all seen with different types of, you know, formats, like drafting can be tough just like. You want to do it quick, but you also like want there to be some like some strategy. Blind draft, you kind of do that, but it's like you truly don't know any of the cards you're getting. So what happens is the bo- cards are in a box. You pull a card out, that guy's on your team. And at a certain point, if you can't fill a spot on your on your team, then they go into the discard. And so if you have a you know if you already have a shortstop or whatever, and you pick up an A rod or something, and you don't have any bench spots, he's going right to the discard. So um, it's totally random. There's no guarantees you're going to have a good team. There's no guarantees you're going to have a bad team. It's just a shot in the dark. But um, we've set some rules that, like, if you lose, you get to add players to your team. And and really, more than anything, it's just a great way to just kind of pick up cards and go. I mean, like, Matt and I... You know, just did one virtually the other day, right? Where we just picked yeah. cards and just started playing. And, um, and it's kind of... You could just pick the teams. I like... Um, I like just kind of seeing more cards, like kind of like you were saying before, Jesse, like mm-hmm. um, just like being able to see cards that maybe aren't the foils and like people that like, you know, this is why this this uh, series we've been doing with the 2000s been so great, just because we're looking at players that we otherwise would have never probably looked at. Right. Like John. Jaha, that, yeah. I, right. John, oh, John Jaha. Jaha? I yeah, love that I, guy. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's in, his card is incredible. And yeah, like I've, 16 home run, right? Yeah, he's 16 home run. He's a DH only. Uh, I think he's 17. Or no, I was going to say 18. Matt Stairs is the 16. Oh, that's... Yeah. Uh, But yeah, like like that kind of guy, like he didn't get the foil. He probably should have, honestly. But like... He was the (laughs) all-star. Right, he was the all-star. But it allows us to like see like, oh man, this card's amazing. And then you have these incredible moments with this blind drafted team, right? Guys you would have never picked. And all of a sudden you have these amazing moments that are kind of for, like amazing, like, you know, stick with you when, you know, forever, like we're still make jokes about some guy that hit a walk off, you know, as the nine hitter, right. To win a game yeah. or something. So, so the best thing about a blind draft, I would say is uh, two things. One, every time I've ever played a regular draft and I've done a lot of OO to O one, I see the same players every time on the same teams I mean, it's just like I'm um, okay. We're always going to see these same players. There's, I mean, it's exciting, but it's it's not. And again, there's a lot of strategy involved, which is nice. But it, I've done drafts, and Jeff knows this. That can take four hours, five mm-hmm. hours. I mean, again, people right. are drinking usually, but um, the blind draft literally takes thirty minutes. So we literally will grab beer, 
We'll sit with like four guys. We'll drop a box in the center of the table. Usually just like a slit in it. All the cards just go in there. So imagine you and your buddies just getting together for the weekend, say like a bachelor party or like we just want to hang around and watch baseball tonight. Um, you could literally just, uh, you ever played Cube? Um, yeah, I love Cube. I have a Cube okay, for so Magic. Almost the same concept. It's like, I got this set of, oh, oh, let's just throw it in a box and we're just going to randomly pick from it. So literally it just goes in like, you just go around the table, pick a card, put it on your team, pick a card, put it on your team, like Jeff said, until you got a spot, uh, until it's basically filled. And it sort of becomes fun, like, oh my God, you got all tens, or I can't believe, how are you going to, you guys got like a bunch of sixes, your team's going to suck. I know Kevin, our buddy, he ends up getting like three or four catchers every time he plays, and he's like, this is awful. <laughs> so it's it's sort of fun that way, and to see yeah. if you can actually do it. Then you just play round robin. So mm-hmm. if you got four guys, which we've done plenty of times with four guys, usually you can do it in like about two and a half hours which three hours is about the length of a baseball game so if you and your three buddies were going to play or watch baseball that night you could just like put this down as the start of the baseball game drink some beer eat some pizza and literally just play a showdown and just like that so quick don't have to worry about creating a league don't have to worry about this complicated draft super efficient super fast have you yeah. have you guys ever done like a like sealed uh, like well, that's the game? next one we're thinking about. Okay, because yeah, like if you have a cube and stuff, you could just like divvy out like forty cards or twenty cards or whatever, and just like make a team out of that. Just so like there's a little more strategy. I know you guys have like other rules and stuff. It's not just a straight blind draft, but I feel like I like sealed because it's a lot like you get to at least make choices on who you randomly get. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind there's of? two different ways to play sealed. Yeah. You either create your own packs or with Jeff. Yeah. Jeff bought a box, and so we might we might actually oh, like draft a, like an actual box. Yeah, we've freaking, been sitting yeah, on that for like six months. A real sealed. Yeah, a right. real sealed draft. I think we <laughs> literally like bought it draft. like yeah. I think we bought it like the week before the pandemic went crazy. Yeah. Oh, nice. So so the showdown value of everything skyrocketed during the pandemic because did people it? were bored. It did. Oh yeah. It, it, uh, it, I, it, yeah, it, I didn't look. It finally the bubble finally just burst on that like a month ago. Like that's a real thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, I bought this. I bought this. Uh, this box like a week after I think the pandemic when nobody really understood what it was yet. Mm-hmm. And so I got it for a decent, a decent price. Um, during that time, Matt and I were looking at values and it had like tripled in price. And Matt was like screaming. He's like, dude, you have to sell it. And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> selling it. Cause like, we're never going to be able to get another one at this rate. <laughs> so, so anyway, I do have a, I do have a full box unopened, you know, unopened pack sitting in my closet right next to me that um, eventually we're I think it's going to be, you know, Matt, Bob, myself and Kevin, who I mentioned before, that will just, uh, you know, we'll probably just get a handful of packs, start from there and then maybe add more packs as the league. Like, I think we're going to try to do like either a, a tournament with it or like a full season or something. But, yeah, we've still we're still planning on it. You definitely, you definitely should. I wonder when they're gonna like run out of boxes that are like factory yeah. sealed from this stuff. Like, when is that gonna finally happen? They have just happened, honestly. You like, know, they're in like grandma's yeah, basement right now. <laughs> grandma doesn't even know it's there. Well, and I know oh, card shops sometimes have stocked this stuff. I know um, I'm pretty good friends with the magic owners around here, or I used to be. And um, you could go into their like quote unquote back room, and they would have like sets from 10, 15 years ago, 20 boxes plus just sitting oh, there yeah. sealed. Mm-hmm. Like they have no intention of selling them anytime soon. So if any card owner did do this and thought about mm-hmm. it, or I know who yeah, our buddy James, I bet he would have stored boxes. I'm sure at, at the time <laughs> he might've sold them off now, but at the right. time he would have bought like a bunch of boxes, but mm-hmm. anyway, well, yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no, that's fair. No, that's fair. I mean, we get, I, I like the blind that we You'll love it. I'm very yeah. interested. I, I can consider doing that. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's why I look. Yeah. I, I like the randomness of playing with random cards that do stuff. I'm very happy with that. Um, okay, moving on to the next question. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did, 
Oh, I was just saying, trying to make yep. a strategy with all sixes and sevens is great. Yeah, yeah right. It, it is fun. Like that's where like the bench matters, speed matters. It, it's mm-hmm. it is really like it's definitely been the yeah. format that I've fallen in love with. Just kind of getting back in, um, mm-hmm. and it definitely helps with trying to recruit people. Um, but except the part where you want them to have a good team and not a bad team, <laughs> so they actually want to play again. So, but that True. depends, I think, more about the community that you're playing with because I've seen like like you were saying, your ninth batter just all of a sudden it's a home run that you never thought would happen. We do a lot of drinking rules, so hopefully if you have a lot of drinking buddies, but we do like socials. Every time a home runs hit, everyone nice. everyone has to drink a drink for the number of people on base, basically. So if it's a grand slam, four drinks, three drinks, whatever. So all of a sudden, the whole the whole group of people gets involved. <laughs> oh my god, home run! Who hit it? That guy. Drink one drink. Oh, that's so funny. Dice roll at the table. Five drinks. You know, random shit. <laughs> no, true. That that definitely sounds fun. I. I could be interested in that if I could ever get my buddies back here to play. Or just, you know, when COVID's over, travel over to Cleveland. You know, (laughs) this is the Mecca. Just move to Cleveland. Right. (laughs) All right, guys. Look, my my roommate currently, who I've I've known for a long time, is a Browns fan. So, you know, maybe maybe we'll just pack up. That's a big mistake. (laughs) Well, I'm a Jaguars fan, so I know know the... uh, the horribleness there is there so i'm a steelers fan so i get i I get shit all the time for being here and being a steelers fan yeah i guess that's fair um yeah was last time you guys had a losing season no i don't know i i I don't even watch football anymore i literally just watch baseball and that's it (laughs) no i I will i will say like matt and i are massive um are huge nba fans oh yeah you guys are the Um, Cavs guys yeah yeah um we're you know big 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 Cavs fans um i will say like i was a huge football guy but i'd say showdown definitely is the reason that my interest has flipped from football to baseball um so um yeah but yeah it's funny how that works i mean i saw you guys are bringing back the basketball cards right on the on the blog right that's 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 that's, yeah my, my little pet project I, I I feel like I, um, I'm like a Celtics fan, so I feel like I just collected Celtics cards, and that's all I did. I feel like it was after a year, right? It wasn't. It was it didn't only one time. year, and I yeah. changed it like from how they did the game. Mm. Yeah, that's I, fair. instead of like power and speed, I did offense and defense because it's more linear. Like, because there's no way to measure power and speed. I, I really because I sat yeah. there for like months, and I'm like. <laughs> How did they determine this? And I'm looking at stats like nothing lines up. I'm like, all right, I'm just making my own thing. Right. They and, definitely and for, winged it too. Yeah. And, like, yeah. And for <laughs> reference, like um, MLB Showdown was developed by Wizards of the Coast. Then uh, NBA Showdown showed up. That's what we're talking about. It was around for one season and then or one year. And then NFL Showdown showed up, showed up. Mm-hmm. They did. They did all of them. Um, MLB yeah. was by far the most popular probably the most successful even though it sounds like it wasn't the most they were like just <laughs> just shra- like you know throwing away money with it um mm-hmm. the nf the nba game was gone quickly i don't know why but the nfl had a scanner um that yes. each card had a barcode on it if you want to go look it up i swear to god it's very bizarre looking but yeah. each card had a barcode and then you would actually scan them into this cheap scanner that would you would scan four cards and then this thing would tell you hey you just lost three yards and then you would throw <laughs> the thing out the window um so so that game did not do well so yeah i actually i have i have a i bought a bunch i have a bunch of those cards i have like five scanners just well, one of our buddies of is, matt p does some of the football cards still he makes oh, his own I think they're trying, they they work with the scanner, don't they? Yeah, we're trying to. Uh, I, I was supposed to be working with them they more, but the, um, they're they're trying to reverse engineer the scanner. Um, that so sounds awesome. I know it's it's. I'm actually re- that's why I didn't get rid of my like. I had a bunch of people lowball offers on all of my show to, like, my NFL cards, and I was like, you know what? I'll just keep them. They look kind of cool, actually. Um, yeah, but they look cool. we're we're trying to figure out like 
the formula they were doing when they take in. Because what you would do is you would scan like a wide receiver, you would scan a cornerback, you would scan a play, and then you would scan like maybe a strategy card. And I, then it would, it would, it would give you an output. So um, trying to figure it, that it, out. It was always weird how they put in the stuff too. Like it could be like left guard versus like cornerback to scan like it was always really weird stuff to like scan against right like you, yeah it was like time. very weird stuff yeah you i mean i think it's a fun game actually like taking either yeah yeah exactly yeah true very true um i i love yeah they do like cornerback twos and stuff like that it, it's a fun game but yeah this the mlb showdown definitely seemed like it was successful because it was easy to pick up you needed d20 and nine one. cards yeah like and then you could do it pretty easy i think um, the best way i've described it like is if I'm sitting down and I'm about to watch it, you go, hey, you can watch any sport you want. The game's going to be amazing. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick basketball. If you, I'm going to sit down and play a game, MLB Showdown's the best game to play. Yeah, that's 100% like, fair. Because you can play a game of Showdown in I would, 15 I would argue minutes. That I am not going to watch basketball. Well, I know you I will watch the fourth quarter of basketball. The fourth quarter of basketball is the most exciting probably in any sport. But in maybe, the sense maybe the of... last two minutes of football. But the last... Mm-hmm. like. Fourth quarter basketball is really exciting. The first three quarters, I could fall asleep. Right, and that's like, so like, kind of like I'm so big into basketball. Like I analyze every play and all that. But <laughs> like for, so for like baseball, a three-hour game versus a 15-minute showdown game, and the showdown game has all the exciting parts, the rolls, the home runs, where you know, you're going to watch. Yeah. And it, like big baseball fans like, dude, did you just watch that 15-pitch sequence where he fouled off all these, got the pitch he wanted, <laughs> and roped a double? Like baseball fans love that, which is awesome. But True. like – to the to the average fan, it's like wow, that took forever. But in the showdown game, showdown, you get to yeah, all the meat and potatoes. Like, you can play it's like kids, like literally yeah, kids with short attention spans can play. And, and that's, yeah, I, that's why I love it because it's like you get all the good parts. You get the home runs. You get you know every play. There's a result. Like, mm-hmm. could you imagine if there was like foul balls on the charts? <laughs> like I just rolled seven straight foul balls. <laughs> We'd be putting uh, in yeah. our own like our own time limits of like only you can only have a minute in between like innings and yeah. all that. You know, like. Um, you can't, you know, walk outside the batting zone the, for your dice roll. I don't know. So <laughs> that sure would be interesting for sure. Um, okay, I want to I want to keep moving a little bit. Um, so I know you guys like talk about how the 2000 2001 stuff is like your main how you like have made your cards pre- like uh, hey continue to make cards like the new series and stuff like that. I'm just curious why you decided to keep like the one through twenty and like the stuff through 2000 2001. Is it just simpler? Or is it easier? Or was it better for results? Or what, what was the deal? I, I, can I stopped this. playing after oh. 01, so that was kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. So, with I, o, I got so after mad. 01, you have to use strategy cards. There's no way yeah. to get to the 25 pluses and the 23 pluses. You have to use the pluses. And what I've noticed is, again, we were talking about simplicity, is that when I was playing with my cousin back in the day, you just wanted to play a quick game for 20 minutes, You know, just move around the bases. You didn't want to sit there and look at every strategy card and, oh, my God, this might happen. And, again, maybe some people like that I never did. And I think I think it personally slows the game down. And I've talked to Clutch about this a lot. And it does slow the game down. It just depends on what your preference is. Some people like the strategy preference. I think that you can implement rules into your basic rule set that can provide strategy for an owner with not really making the game complicated. And with that, you can't have over 20 as a role, in a sense, because we do add a D24 dice to this thing. Mm-hmm. What I will say, though, is... A D20, a 20-sided dice, is very easy to come by. They're everywhere. You can get them at like every local game store. A lot of games that you buy already have them. You probably own one. You don't even know it. And it's easy to keep that as, as, a, as a strategy going forward. Now, we've implemented the D24, 
which I grabbed from Clutch because I and a shout to Clutch. Um, they use the D24 as what is they call their mistake pitch or when a guy is tired. Mm-hmm. And I've implemented that into our strategy, which says when a pitcher rolls a one, that's uh, he fucking threw right on a plate or hung a curveball. <laughs> and now the batter gets to roll the D24, giving him an extra percentage of chance to, you know, chart something really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the, the extent of it. But really, you just need the, the 20 is a nice, simple method. Uh, and, and it was nostalgic. Now, that being said, I personally, and I know Matt doesn't like this, but I personally, I like the Stratomatic set, which is uh, a six by six chart, which you use like a red and blue dice, I believe it is. And so it's like red across the top, blue down uh, vertical, and that gives you a 36 chart outcome. And I really like the way that is set up. And you roll two D6s. And everyone has D6s at their house. You know, if you're freaking have Yahtzee, you have them. And so I think that actually can give you more results and um, and, and, a, and a better plethora for, for different players. The problem with that is it doesn't look as clean. Like the the, the 20 chart looks really nice. And the 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 6x6 six six grid is bulky. It's, it's, it's mm. not as uh, visually appealing. But that being said, maybe someone will listen to this and they'll create a really nice system. I like the 6x6 six six because that gives you 36 options. But that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll just say as a fan, like I, especially getting back into baseball and definitely focusing more on the stats, like I just love the, it's you know it's there's only so much of a result in everything in baseball is a result, right? It's an out, it's a it's a fly ball, it's a walk, it's a single, and so I like the idea that it's contained to this one to 20 number right and i like the idea that i can look at a card and kind of just like mentally or even like analytically predict what that card will do over one game over 10 games over 100 games right um when all of a sudden you're having to introduce like a strategy card is kind of doing something like when in for reference like some of the cards on these players have are like 27 plus home run like mm-hmm. it's, i can't I, I can't even explain it like hardly <laughs> you know so like um i hated not being able to to look at a player stats and say, what would the showdown be? And almost vice versa. And like, I'm not creating the cards. Like I'm not, I, I don't do the customs, but I I'm on the receiving end of them. And I know that's like what I've started, how I've started looking at them, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, I do, I do love the nostalgia from it. It does seem very clean. It's very easy. You know, there aren't, you know, you get the D 20 and every result is on there. It, it, it's nice for that for sure. And it makes sense. Um, but I, and, I if, mean, you, I like and if you roll the D 24, which we've done, we just say that, like, say, like, uh, Omar Vizquel, who can, like, only get, like, I think it's a double or a triple yeah. on his chart. Uh, if you rolled the D24 and got a 24, sorry, you only get the the triple. That's all he can, oh, that's all he can okay. get. That's what we did. Um, I'm sure people can customize their own rules. But my thought was anything past the, the 24 is just the 20 on the guy's chart or the 20 on the pitcher's chart. Because we do do, even if you did roll the 1, even if it's on the pitcher's chart, you still get to roll the D24, which gives you that extra chance to maybe get a double or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Yeah, we never extended it past, like, all of a sudden the guy could hit a home run that was on his chart. If it's on his chart, it's on his chart. He's got to figure out a different way. <laughs> that that's that was the benefit of the 02 to 05, was that a guy that, like, never hit a home run could have that 27-plus, and that randomly he could get this home run. But mm-hmm. I think if you did, like, a blind draft, you might get a pitcher that has a home run on his chart, and that's kind of fun. And these days, everyone's yeah. got a fucking home run on their chart. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like that. I was looking when I was doing my own stuff, like, yeah, like, there were pitchers who could do that, like, in weirder formats or, like, deeper formats and stuff like that. So they could theoretically hit a home run, you know, just just not of their own accord. <laughs> 
Um, but okay, cool. Um, so I've, I've been looking on like the blog spot stuff. Um, you guys have a challenge series, which I really like. I think that was pretty cool. Do you guys have any like other game modes kind of that you're thinking about maybe doing in the future or, or anything else like kind of in that vein? So for the challenges, like it, it started as the, as uh, I think it was Kyle made them. Um, he made the first challenge and then from there it kind of spitballed to other people, you know, cause once somebody's creative juices get going, everybody's will think of something. And uh, now it's kind of um, when Dance Repeat took it over. And he's been really making some cool challenges. And then every once in a while, like, I'll think of something and just throw it out there for everyone. But I also play MLB The Show, like on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And through Diamond Dynasty, they have like their kind of cool challenges and stuff. And I'd love to implement like random challenges like that. It just kind of comes to whenever you think of it. But... I don't really know what other type of game modes you could really do. We did uh, home run derby that one time. Yeah, we did home run derby. I've that done was like, like a... just, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. It's like you take a percentage or an average pitcher versus the guy and you just start rolling. I did that for the, I, I made home run cards for, I think it was 2018's home run derby for mm-hmm. like each of the guys that were in it, what they were at the halfway point, their charred cards, and then literally face them off each other and then just roll on their charts like just, just literally having fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. done like a knockout game type before, like where I picked, it was me and a couple of buddies. We just picked a bunch of random cards and we'd each roll for a player and we'd keep rotating. Like if you got out, you were eliminated. If you got a hit, you were like in, but you didn't advance. And if you hit a home run, like you auto advanced. It okay, was just like yeah. one of those stupid, like King of the mountain type yeah. things, but like just, you know, us I think the big around. strategy though becomes, is more of the way you play just regular baseball. So it's, I mean, we've talked about doing like NL only drafts or, mm-hmm. or like you have to pick two baseball teams and combine them uh, and create one team, or you have to take a team and then you play it like throughout the years. So that's your team. And then every year you get new players from that same team. So, you know, you could do things like that. I, I think those become those aren't really game modes, but they're still playing the baseball game, but there are different ways to play the baseball game versus a physical draft that everyone's picking from. You could say like, Oh, I'm going to be the Indians. Cause I like them. And then, Oh my God, the Indians this year sucks. So I couldn't add anybody to their team. But like, if you knew like, you know, the white Sox have a really good minor league system, you could pick the white Sox, And then in a few years, your team's going to be really good. Yeah, totally fair. Yeah. And I think, minor yeah, I think Peter and Matt, do you do two or just Peter that does the minor league players? That was, um, I did a couple. I did that Future Stars at the like, middle of pandemic time of like up and coming prospects based on last year's stats, but like mm-hmm. downgraded. Peter did a bunch recently too, but he, he's more into that than I. I don't know like anything about minor league players really. Yeah, and his were all college too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought I saw he recently some... about the college stuff. That looked pretty cool. Yeah, that's Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's really big into like the college teams and. So we've been kind of looking at like, oh, here's Bryce Harper in 2010. He was an insane mm. like <laughs> numbers. Yeah, I can um, imagine. <laughs> I would I would assume so. Um, but yeah, okay, all right, cool. Um, so there was also so there's an article that I think was pretty recent on the website about the I think we already mentioned the 2002 Barry Bonds and how broken he was. Do you think that there were like any other cards? I mean, specifically in the 2000 or 2001 sets that were like also pretty broken. Just kind of like picking your brain, seeing what you think. 
Well, we've uh, so I'll give my take really quick on the bonds and the thing again. It makes me. I know that a lot of card games, as we all know, and if, as people listening know, um, they usually go through that overhaul like or like in two years, and they they have like formats like unlimited and standard and all that. And then maybe mm-hmm. that's why they were going to change it anyway. And bonds was a good reason to. Um, I get angry that they didn't just create a. 2002 bonds in the format that we play in that would be like a 13 or 14 on base like the boy like these guys made those cards and incredible so that's that's my take there i really wish that would have happened and we would have had more cards to be playing with now but i mean um, we did a whole podcast me and matt and them about that about about just the bonds and what he could have been in and and different through the years (laughs) right Mm -hmm. but we noticed that like with other cards like we've been going through um, when we've been doing the 2000 series, like going through the the cards themselves, but also kind of comparing them against their stats, like um, it's been really interesting speculating on what Wizards of the Coast was doing with a lot of these cards. Mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want to say um, they were doing a poor job. I just think that there were some misses. Um, like I think there was a lot more focus on the marketing efforts to make sure the foils were done right. Um, and then there are some cards are beautiful. that. <laughs> right, and they look great. They did those cards are yeah, those yeah. cards are um, those cards are iconic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know to us and a lot of other people, but um, there are I can't remember any off the top of my head, but there are some definite misses that people that just got um, maybe not breaking it, but they just mm-hmm. kind of got the shaft when they were yeah. when they're like Mike sure. Hampton, <laughs> right, right? Oh yeah, the sure, sure, sure. So, um, yeah, so some cards, like, got weirdly, like, Mike Hampton, I think they thought that Control 3 was, like, the end-all, be-all. Like, Randy Johnson, Mike Hampton, Kevin yeah. Millwood were, like, the top three Cy Young guys, and they all got Control 3 guys, which no one plays with them because they just get lit up. And people like sure. Javier Vasquez of the Expos is, mm-hmm. like, a Control 5, and he had a terrible season. And it's like that guy gets drafted way more often. So Rich, I think yeah. they they, they misrepresent some people. I, I think they did not understand because they didn't play test a lot. We, we knew this from the talking to the guy that uh, talked to Wizards of the Coast. Um, they didn't play test a lot uh, for this game. So th- I think they just thought certain things were more valuable than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I, I, I don't think they broken is, a, is, a, is a, I think the wrong term, just maybe misthought about things. And then... Um, Obviously, the pen edition had quote, quote unquote real errors where they like actually oh, missed, sure. you know, yeah. certain oh, things. Had, but I actually, I actually think they they sort of um, when they produced the in nineteen ninety nine, they produced the two thousand set. I think they thought they had the game pretty pretty handled. Five, you know, on base batter to ten on base batter, and like zero to five uh, pitcher, even though they didn't really do ones and twos. Mm-hmm. But I think then the next year happens, and Delgado and and Jambi you know, bat over 450 on base. And they were like, what the, f-? or actually over 470. And they're like, what the fuck do we do? These guys are way out ahead. This isn't what we thought. About. We thought, we thought 400 was going to be a 10. And now you got guys doing like 470. And I think that initially was like, oh shit, let's make these guys 11s. And this will just be a special thing. And that'll be fun. And then the next year comes out and bonds, you know, <laughs> is a, is a 13. And they're like, fuck this. We're, we're switching the whole thing. I right. think that's I think, what really happened. And, and I think that, uh, actually, and to your point there, kind of, you were saying like, um, 
for pitchers, I think the one thing if we want to talk about breaking the game in 2000 mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. there were no control one and no control two pitchers. Yeah, so what sure. that means is that for whatever reason, again, through the play testing, they did control threes and fours and fives, which are generally pretty good. Um, but then they went straight down to control zeros. And if anything, control zeros are the garbage pitchers that no one ever picks up on purpose. <laughs> and for whatever reason, there, there there's a middle ground between those. And like, I don't know what made them decide to do that um we've again we've we just we've been chalking it up to not enough play testing to know that 2000 or to know that zero control pitchers will just get lit up every time um yeah. so anyway that, that that's my best example i guess of breaking the game in 2000 mm-hmm. almost did you okay so i'm gonna throw out maybe two guys maybe that aren't broken but are just very good and i feel like you they could venture on that. Can can I throw this to you? Is that cool? Oh, 100%. Okay, I think fucking Pedro from 2000 is broken. I don't care what you have, you'd pay like what 680 for him or something like that. Or it's a ridiculous amount, about, but he is. You're talking about the 01 or the 00? No, the uh, 001. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certain. Yeah, sorry. He's 660. He's, yeah, he, I mean, he, I know he's a lot. I know he's a lot to like pay for or whatever like that. But it, this guy, so I played a little bit with like a little bit of like a season that I was doing with, and I think he got touched for like a run. He he's just a monster. I don't care what you have to pay for him, but like that guy, that guy feels broken to me. That that's consistent I, with some I think of our other just leagues. Pedro. Yeah, yeah, I mean, true. Pa- Pedro was probably I, broken. You're I right. thought like, that <laughs> one guy, uh, that one guy that did the uh, statistics from the Discord, Matt and yeah. Jeff might know this. He said that he was actually undervalued. Like he should have been worth more, and his chart should have been even harder to hit from. Because <laughs> he was, he was. I think it was one of those guys that does the algorithms and the charts. Yeah, I think that was two two thousand one set. So it was oh, two thousand one. Yeah, oh, it's, like, it's like the highest uh, was it ERA plus like... or whatever. Yeah, he has uh, ERA. He, plus. It's the highest uh, in the history of baseball. So yes. like he's the, it's the best season that a player's had before like the nineteen hundreds or after the nineteen hundreds. <laughs> yeah. So that that sorry yeah. So the O one version, which is seven hundred points and even more dominant than this card, is technically not strong enough, which is just fucking wild to think about but yeah it's like it's like that card just doesn't ever get hit there's even a challenge trying to get a hit on him and that's that wasn't even as good as he should have been like that's how ridiculous that card is and just in the era of like juiced hitters too yeah we were talking about we made the uh or i don't know who did it but the uh bob gibson and the nolan ryan and we were like, these guys did amazing. He goes, yeah, you guys had those guys like 800 points and 700 and something points. Like, yeah, but Pedro and 01, or technically 00 for this 01 card was better versus a tougher uh, t- tougher lineups. So his ERA plus was higher. So he should have been actually more har- more valuable, harder to hit. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Because <laughs> just think about how, how ridiculous that card is and it's not actually good enough. So to say that it's broken... Yes, I guess, but then you could, I mean, but it's technically pretty accurate. <laughs> right, and it's, 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 it kind of holds up to Pedro's career, like his number. Yeah, yeah, right. He I'm was thinking, broken. Yeah. Yeah, he was broken. <laughs> for, for Just for, like, game balance, though, I feel like, like, even though he does cost more, like, is there any pitcher that, like, even comes close to him? I know I know, we're talking about Pedro, he was the best, but, like, uh, is there, I like in Kevin that, Brown. Kevin, oh, okay, that's, I, not... that's exactly what I was thinking. Kevin Brown is really good. Is he, is he a five out through sixteen? <laughs> yes, and oh, so he, he's a tier lower. And he's a four one through seventeen and oh one. Yeah, I, I, he's always pretty solid. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're if you're feeling lucky with the dice, Randy Johnson can can get it done. I love that sure, card. Yeah, it, it's a, you have to have. I mean, sure, you have sure, to guarantee sure. you're rolling eights or higher most <laughs> of the time. 
<laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Kevin Brown was probably one of the more dominant pitchers that I've seen yeah. in Showdown. Um, I would say that people like, um, and this will go off of OO and more into custom, but like the Jacob DeGrom that we made in uh, yeah, 2018, a pitcher that's a 4-1 through 18 out is ridiculously strong. Yeah, so, he led my yeah, league in whip. It's that, the same tier yeah. here. T- tier That's tier zero? One. Tier one. So the same tier as Pedro Martinez is here is, you know, 5-1 through 17 out is a 4-1 through 18 out. It, it's not probably as dominant, but it could be just as dominant. I mean, it's ridiculous how good DeGrom was in in, in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, if you can get anybody tier zero, like the Billy Wagner from uh, OO, which is a uh, 5-1 yeah. through 18 out, that's pretty much fucking lights out. <laughs> right. Yeah, and yeah, and, sure. and I, sh- I should mention There's for reference... Of- the, the tier system is that um, basically it's a way of kind of wait, uh, categorizing pitchers together uh, based on their showdown stats. So uh, what you're doing is taking their, their numbered out. So in this case, Pedro is out through 17 plus his control and he becomes a 22, which in their format means he's a tier like one or tier, tier zero. One, yeah. Um, yeah, tier so, one. so that's, that's what it means that it's kind of a way that like you can have different ways of getting to that tier and there's definitely different points different control, different charts, um, but they all kind of fall under that tier, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Who else um, do you think's overpowered? Uh, yeah, th- I, I think... I would think like Billy Wagner that... is the one that I would think is the one of the most... No, I wouldn't say it's broken because I think mm-hmm. he was that dominant, but anytime I see Billy Wagner come, I'm like, oh, fuck, this This is pretty much one, two, three inning. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, when, I, when I mean broken, I mean like specifically in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not as much like. Um, I think Billy yeah. Wagner, every time I fucking see him, like which is all the time because my cousin picks him all the time. Uh, I, I, I just, I just, I might as well just, it's just whatever. I'm like, unless I have like a streak of tens coming up and he's got really bad luck that day. Mm-hmm. I'm just, it's guaranteed almost one, two, three, because he's at one through 18 out. It's just, you can't even fucking do anything. <laughs> true that that's definitely fair um yeah i feel like there are a lot of although not that this takes anything from wagner but there are also some very very good closes in the 2000 season i feel like oh yeah, oh, yeah. they're all very good stuff i feel like there's so many not to take anything away yeah yeah he was those are bonus oh i snuck it in this podcast too <laughs> i know oh my gosh i can't say <laughs> they overvalued relievers in the oo so i think they kind of fixed it in the one they kind of balanced it a little better but there's would, just so many good relievers. Way. I think they undervalued, yeah, undervalued OO relievers. I'm not saying price wise. I'm saying statistics wise. Oh, like the amount of like sixes and five controls. Now, nah, okay, I would agree with you. I would, I would agree with you. Yes, because mm-hmm. okay. then there's yeah, more we'll, like we'll, threes in the 2001 set. Yeah, and I think that um, yeah, we'll talk about that as a later question. I'll get into that nitty gritty <laughs> later, but. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's just a few guys that I'm thinking are, they're probably not broken, but they're just very good for, I guess, different reasons. One of them yeah. I want to bring up was um, Keith Falk. I know he, yeah. you have to pay up a lot for him too, but I mean, he's he's two innings pitched. Like, you you could easily go this guy three innings. I like that like, fucker up all the time. Do you? <laughs> okay. Because he's a, he's a four. I mean, not yeah, just not four. to be, but, but at, my cousin drafts him and Wagner. So I'm telling you, I deal with these fucking oh dudes God. all the time. Oh my it's God. Like, what? It was like his first, like, it's like two out of his first three picks are always those dude, those two guys, and then maybe like Jeff Zimmerman. And so I have to deal with these uh-huh. oh, ridiculous closers, closer. ridiculous yeah. relievers all the time. And Keith Folk, I light up all the time, and it pisses my cousin off because statistically well, it should not happen. But, <laughs> yeah, but like, the, the, like I know it depends on different how different people play. Like in our leagues, we play that if you're a reliever and you go your one inning and you go the next inning, that means you just go down by one control, assuming you didn't yeah. give up any runs. Yeah. So for th- so I think he's three fifty. Um, yes. If you just split that. In- 
if you yeah. split that in half and do a 180 and a 170 closer or like reliever closer, you can get so many guys that are about control five, control six, who end up having better charts. And even if they're depreciating into an inning or two are still better than Keith Folk. Um, well, so Keith Folk's pretty, pretty strong, but it's, uh, it just depends on what you value more. So like, obviously John Johnstone's what, like one ninety. Yeah. He's like one eighty. He's a control six and he has a pretty, he has a pretty good chart, but that's the thing is that you can but go Keith Folk's one through 18 and, and Johnstone's only one through 16. So do you value the, the tier one Keith Folk or the tier one, you know, John Johnstone. It just depends if you like outs or, or control. It just really depends on that. Right. Yeah. I just, I, sorry. No, no, I, I, I don't like Keith Folk. Well, I don't like Keith Folk. (laughs) I don't like two IP pitchers because I think you waste up, just like Jeff said, I think you waste too much salary on them. I personally would not like that, but I know Matt plays a, a, a league rule where if you go past your IP limit, then the next day you're tired, right, Matt? They're out the next game. Oh, they're out the next game. So yeah, therefore, so that's he, where the two IP comes. Yeah. In. So then, if you're playing a league set rule like that, then a guy that goes two IP is actually incredibly valuable. You know, mm-hmm. so Keith Folk becomes very valuable. So it just depends on the rules. I think you're playing. Totally fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I figure like you take him and then you have like an okay closer for like I'm sure there are guys you can get for one thirty or one fifty that have like six. Like I feel like what, the closer guy on the. On uh, the Expos, uh, like starts with a U. Uh, oh yeah, Uger Urbina. <laughs> yeah, Urbina, right? Isn't he like he's like one sixty maybe? And he's six. Like no. you take I no. Is, I don't think more? so. I think he's expensive. <laughs> All right, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I feel like there are some closers. Maybe I'm just uh, mistaken. I feel like there's some closers that you can get for like one fifty six or whatever. Bring, because if not, um, like I, I, let's see what he says here. He's uh two hundred points, uh, mm-hmm. for Urbina. But um, like I would. I want, do you have to grab a closer in your league? Because if not, grab a reliever like John Johnson for 170. He's mm-hmm. a 170 point closer, a reliever True. who's a 6 1 through 60 now. Better oh, man, than a 200 point Urbina because the, Urbina got the closer bonus because of the strategy cards. Mm-hmm. Right. right. That, that's a, Yeah. Right. That's the thing we're mentioning too is that the closer bonus yeah. is a real thing that basically each closer pitcher got an extra 20 to 30 points added on to their value just because they were closer, not because of their stats. Yep. So, like, that's why, like, the reliever closer differentiation, like, really matters for our leagues just because, like, especially in 2000, like, I'd rather grab a fifth reliever rather than getting four relievers and a closer. So, mm-hmm. um, Wait, so do you, the, I'm sorry, do you play with something with the closer with their bonus, like an actual bonus besides the strategy cards in your league? With no, 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 we just no, rip just, on no. it. We just okay. like, make right, we just hate it. Bonus. Okay, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, you'll okay. see the <laughs> same. You'll see the same player, you know, it'll be a, let's say a hundred point reliever. And mm-hmm. then the same chart, almost identical will be 130 or 140 point closer. Mm-hmm. It's just something they did because to Bob's sure. point, like there were cards that right. reflect uh, strategy cards that reflected only on closers. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're valued at that because like they need to like kind of even it out with the card. But um, and what's his face in the discord charted that too. And like an algorithm, yeah. And he, he proved that it was like 30 to 40 points per closer that was added for like no reason. Now, they did fix that in 01, but it, for 00, it was whatever. <laughs> the uh, the one card I'll bring up is, again, not breaking the game, but just like a, yeah. he's become like a famous card um, just because he's so his card is his 2000 card specifically is so good. And it's so famous because it's so good. And then like no one else really knows him outside of this is t- uh, 2000 Terry Shumpert. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. You know, if, if anybody doesn't know who Terry Shumpert is, that's fine. I really didn't like until showdown. And like I think um, that we figured out that his stats were pretty okay. good, but this was no question his best year. Um, and then he just got a bonkers good 
showdown oh, yeah. card. Probably yeah. a little overvalued. He's in terms Robbie Alomar, basically. Right. Yeah, he's I've Robbie Alomar. Now, yeah. So anyway, just uh, just another fun one. There. I also lo- I love looking. We talked about this on the last podcast, uh, Jeff. I like seeing the tens that didn't get the foil treatment. Yeah. And like, it's mm-hmm. interesting to see the guy who's 560 points. Like, how the fuck did this guy not get a foil? And <laughs> yeah. It's cause I, well, I think it was because he didn't really earn this card, but whatever. Well, and Larry <laughs> Walker was their only foil, and he was 630. Yeah. yeah. Very, oh, very God. True. And that's the, the thing. Or 620. The, the Juan Gonzalez cards, right? Like, from 2000, yeah. 2001. Those things are... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at this now. 520. He's 9 on base. 1620 home run. Like, this guy's a monster. Detroit one? Yeah, the Detroit one. Yeah, from 2000. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even the one... I think on the Rangers, yeah, this is just like I mean, yeah, not just as good, but it's really crazy. Good. Yeah, those things are crazy. Oh, this one's a pennant run. Okay, um, the Detroit one is a pennant one. Yeah, uh, yeah, there the foiling stuff is is definitely weird. Um, how they chose it definitely. I think you guys have kind of proven that here so far. Um, the two other guys I just wanted to mention real quick. I again, I don't think they're broken. I just think they're very good. But the Vladimir Guerrero from the base, he oh, feels interesting. a little undervalued. He but is, maybe maybe I'm conflating. He actually was his card should have been better. Yeah, that's a that's oh, a sure. good one. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that one up because we we proved like I think like Matt, I think you ran his numbers and like it was yeah. like he should have been way higher. <laughs> like, been, way like a nine, nine or a ten. Yeah, yeah right. he should have been sure. a nine. I, I, I mean, I'm just yeah, there's like, like nines in the set that have a lower on base percent than him in yeah. 99 and he got an eight. That is yeah, pretty weird. It makes no sense. It's like they really hated the Expos, but then at the same time, they gave, like, Javier Vasquez a five, which is <laughs> Sure. Yeah, but, I mean, like, in the game, like, 370 points. I mean, I know eight on base isn't, like, you know, perfect or anything like that, but he's one to four out, five to six walk. Everything else, he's got a single plus, a triple, 17, yeah. 20 homer. Like, I feel like this card is just, like, undervalued. I, I think a strategy value. that I adopted as I've, now that I play this game, like, thinking more than, like, when I was a kid, I, I was like, I need tens, I need nines, and I need mm-hmm. good players. Like, now I'm like, if I get like a couple good tens that are cheaper and then like an eight to hit cleanup with a big home run range. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of how real teams are built. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's, I agree. it's a then, really nice, like later strategy that I've looked at. Well, and, and I've mentioned that before, like I did a, Bob and I, uh, we did a mini league with like eight teams of the, just the 2000, 2001. And, um, I was just like, all right, I'm going to try like a version of Moneyball. Um, where I just get guys on my on my mm-hmm. batting lineup that um, almost all tens and nines, um, but I did not focus on power. And what basically happens in the showdown world is that you only walk. You walk and you get singles, and you and you <laughs> never score. You never score. And they're all runs. slow, I assume. Right. Oh my they're god, all, they're all slow. We we ba- we've proven that like just to not really proven, but we've talked that like basically a walk in showdown is is like it's somewhere in between. And uh, an out and a single, right? It's like 0. 0.5 yeah. know, worth of a single, and mm-hmm. so like sometimes it feels like getting getting an out, you know. Especially um, you roll that d twenty four, right? Yeah. Like, oh, that's, yes. <laughs> so and then that's why. So I built that team. A lot of tens, a lot of nines, no power. We were awful. We were so 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 oh, bad. Wow. So there's definitely like to Matt's point, I one thousand percent agree with that. That like you definitely gotta like it's it's like regular baseball. It's like you gotta yeah. get the guys at first who can who can get on base. I don't value the speed as much as just getting on base in general, but like mm-hmm. you still need to have that Vlad, that Sosa, somebody mm-hmm. in that three, four spot who can just do damage if they get the, you know, if they can get the advantage. When you mm-hmm. think about like team building, like not every, not every team can have Frank Thomas that can do both, but mm-hmm. like, you know, like the Padres back in the day, they had Tony Gwynn, who is your 10 on base. That's going to get on, but not with power, but then like they're good teams. You had Tony or you had a, uh, 
Greg Vaughn behind him or Ken Caminetti and guys that could just mash. Yep. It, it's going to be hard to find like the 10 homer at 16. Not a, those guys don't grow on trees, especially in today's <laughs> baseball. Right. Yeah, very true. Very true. Do you guys favor like if you're if you're choosing between you know a guy with eight on base and like some higher stats on his stat sheet and like a nine on base guy with a little less? Do you guys have like a favorite way to go? Eight is about the is about where I'll stop. Like once you get past eight, mm-hmm. like down to seven, I don't go that way. But I'll take an eight with power over a, a nine without. But yeah. I I actually really love a ten a speed guy with like absolutely no power. Like I like I like, like Omar Vizquel. We've mentioned him, Omar right? yeah. FP Santiago or Santiago. Oh, I love the catcher. Yeah, uh, Fernando Vina. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I like having that guy as a leadoff hitter. Ten A speed, a guy that can get on base and then steal second, and then I'll fucking knock him in with a single. But I love the risky boy. Power eights like Sammy Sosa were they did great. But I think if you can find a nine. 16 through 20, that's like uh, Andres Galarraga pennant run, a Barry Bonds, a Ken Griffey. Those guys fucking rake. You know, they, so yeah. somewhere in the middle between 8 to 10. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it, yeah. 10, 17 home run. Uh, you know, you're talking about a 9, 16 home run. I guess like a Sosa's an 8, 14, but like that's a little too low. I think the 9, 16 is, does a lot of fucking work, especially in a deep league, you yeah. know, where you might face pitchers that aren't always sixes and fives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's that, really that also, it depends on your league. If you're in a yeah. small league, you need 10s. But if you're in a deeper league, 15 teams, like, you're going to face three controls and two controls. Yeah, yeah. totally fair. I, I'm a big 10 guy. I, I just, I love the, you know, a 10 that can, maybe Homer at 20 or Homer 19, 20. Like, I uh, I picked up Carlos Santana, 2019 Carlos Santana, late in our draft, and he bats one for me. Very similar to what I think for the uh, the 2020 Indians. So um, I uh, I wear that opinion on my sleeve, and even though I don't think it's entirely right. so Well, what hurt me in Bob's league last year was I took Jose Ramirez, Aaron Judge, and J.D. Martinez. So I had three 10s, and after that I had nobody. So I spent all my money on them, and I had no. Yeah, but we could say that up. too. But then the the guy that won the league had two sixes, and they right. fucking that's killed what, it. It's all it's all it's all luck, and that's what I also say is anybody sure. playing this game, don't fucking freak out. It's a dice game, uh, and again, <clears throat> there is strategy, and if you play strategy cards, there's obviously more strategy, and you can add strategy to rules to make them more complicated and, and give these owners more control. But it is a dice game at the end of the day, and there's a lot of luck in it. Mm-hmm. So just relax have fun play baseball <laughs> it's a good time yeah you exactly get the physical I, cards it's great well i got, yeah, I got a couple of friends and jeff knows this that uh they get a little irritated when their dice rolls don't go their way and uh you just got everyone's gonna need to lighten up <laughs> they're all they're all still mad that i used a dice that got really good rolls it was basically the equivalent of like the astros trash cans apparently oh, I love it. like it, it has that characteristic now but uh yeah no it's oh, it's, it's, it's a dice I love roll seeing it now i i think it's like a fun like a uh, meme in a sense you know japanese right. orange dice <laughs> right there there it oh, is it's a, oh it's orange too that's very oh it makes it so much worse oh, man, <laughs> i'm actually funny. cannot believe i still have it i thought it was for sure gonna get stolen or thrown out <laughs> some, some kind of conspiracy theory you know um so anyway i had to really take care of that thing just like Jose Altuve didn't want his shirt ripped off in that celebration. There it's very, si- very <laughs> similar. You know, yeah, a lot of similarities. Creepy, here. yeah. Suspicious, even. Um, the, la- the last guy I do want to mention, um, and this is probably like one of my first picks that I would probably pick in a draft if it was like an open draft where I could take anyone, is um, Pudge Rodriguez from the base set. I think oh, he does oh, everything. Oh, on. I, perf- I think Jason Kendall is more valuable than Pudge. Really? And, it, and, as, uh, and is more broken. 
It's really tough. They're they're really because like it's really between those two. They go one two almost in the first round. And so most why do you like Pudge? No, I uh, I like Kendall because I picked. Kendall oh no, no, no not you. Pudge. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, sure. He's he. I I think we talked about like eight being the lowest we want to take, right? Mm-hmm. And he he's eight, so he he fits that mold. He's a speed. He's plus eleven. He's one to four out, not one to five, which I feel like is pretty good. Doesn't walk. Um, and you can bat him like clean up and be pretty okay with it. Like you want to surround this guy, like we said, with like high on base dudes before you totally can at a cheaper cost. Um, and then, you know, you have Pudge hitting cleanup and he does pretty much everything, you know, 13 pluses, you know, going to move guys up. Right. So I feel like he just does everything. I know Kendall is like a higher on base, right? He's also plus 11. I feel like similar point no, range, all that stuff. And that's he's great. Plus 11, he's plus uh, nine. Oh, he's great plus nine. Okay. On the, great call on the no walk. That is a, yes, that is he, huge. Yeah. Huge. So I, I, um, he's just someone I love. So 450 what, points too makes you flexible the rest of the way down, right? Like, well, the reason I like Kendall is because you're only spending 10 more points and you get two more on base, and you're still keeping the A speed. Now at plus nine arm, you're you're still gonna get a ton of guy out, ton tons of guys out, and it depends on the league that you're running, depending on how many stolen bases you allow, or uh, if you're playing strategy cards, there's obviously cards for it. We we have a we have owners options. And so they get like three stolen bases a game that they can choose. I know some leagues run unlimited. You could probably run up to five, I think, statistically. But there aren't a lot of stolen bases. And if there are, I feel like all you have to do is have about an eight arm to really stop that. So I discount the 11. I don't think you need it. I think above an eight, you're fine. And so then I'm just looking at, do I want Pudge's power versus um, Jason Kendall's 10 plus still a pretty good chart, in my opinion, Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah he has a high definitely. walk, which sucks. But mm-hmm. man, I've seen so much work from a 10 A speed guy in terms of just like sit, I could bet Kendall lead off at a 10 A speed, right? And that, he's going to kill it. <laughs> the fact that you can have your catcher batting lead off is like frees up so much more, so many more things for the rest of your your sure. batting lineup and your defensive lineup. I mean, could could you say the same thing about having your catcher be your cleanup, possibly? Like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, right? just, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like he's. Yeah. I think there's only like I, three cleanup catchers in in the showdown. True. So. Well, like him, Piazza, and, and well, that's uh, the thing. Like so that, oh, okay. Yeah. So you got to decide if you want, Probably. like, do you want a more powerful catcher being Mike Piazza, but or do you want the more the, you you want the arm? And that's why I think the Kendall thing is like the. I I just think Kendall, in my opinion, is a first round pick, and I think Pudge is more of a. Actually, I don't think Pudge gets drafted. Oh, he, he does because my t- my leagues are just crazy about defense. <laughs> but in general, I don't think Pudge should get drafted as much because you're. I think you're only drafting because two things: he's got a speed, an arm, I guess three, and the chart. Because the, the eight, is- the chart is insane. But the eight, you're going to get more outs than you think. Um, and I don't think that. Therefore, I don't think he's broken and maybe deserves like a first round pick. But. I think Kendall is ridiculously under like of, of, of a lot of tens and 10 a speed guys. that can still at home runs. You're not finding Kendall anywhere. I mean, Kendall is mm-hmm. so good and so valuable. I would rate him. If I say a card, that's, I think Kendall's like a 500 point card. And for, for him being 460, I think he should be drafted every single draft all the time. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fine. Look, I, I also don't like disagree. I think Kendall is, is no fight, fight, good, yeah. fight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this is, and this is the great thing. Yeah. Like, about this game is that like one single card that is again, kind of coming back to the whole one to 20 format. It's so defined, mm-hmm. right. Can be perceived in so, and it's, it's a lot like baseball stats, like one player. Like I know that the way I look at, you know, current, uh, you know, Carlos Santana and his crazy on base, but it's terrible average. I know someone else is looking at it a different way. And I think there's some beauty to that, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I right. know that that's I I do totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think there is some some kind of weird beauty. I even call it beauty with that too, definitely. That's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, it's it's all about team building preference cuz like I probably yeah. depending on my team, like if you go in knowing your strategy and you go Pudge is the perfect fit. Like I love that idea mm-hmm. of a of the eight home run at 17 guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like no, totally if you fair. go I'm going to grab, you know, Maguire or or somebody like that, yeah, like Kendall's totally your guy then. So it all depends on the, the way you're looking to build, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, too. You mentioned, like, what what guys normally go in the first round. Do you guys, like, have an idea of who normally goes in the first round? Oh, I, yeah. Billy I, Wagner. Okay. Oh, I can, <laughs> my cousin want, every time. <laughs> oh, I could tell you definitively if you want. I can load it up right now. I would, I would actually love to hear that, honestly. I think yeah. Jason Kendall is a, is a first or second round pick almost every time. I think... Uh, Billy Who's Wagner. The one, gets... then? Is there like a number one consensus or no? Um, it depends if you're playing broke. If you're playing the errored cards that they misprinted. Oh no, no, we don't. So no, if you're no. not playing those, okay. I would think. Um, if you gave me the number one overall pick and I was taking a, take a, a I'm taking Pedro. Yeah, I'm oh, okay. Pedro. If I'm so taking not. a batter, I might. I'm either going Griffey or Robbie Alomar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the do you guys. So is it like the base? I think now after watching that before, but after watching Peter's uh, thing with uh, was it Michael that did that uh, giant algorithm simulator? I would take Andres Galarraga. I think he just fucking killed it in that league. I I I played with him and he killed it in my league, but I didn't think he was that good. They ran like a full 162 game simulation with him. Yeah, I saw that. The thing was his chart was. I mean, obviously he wasn't the best overall player. The best overall player is a Rod. 2001 pennant right. run with the rangers the by Ranger, far yeah. he's the best card that you can get for whatever reason he just kills it every fucking time so but i think like bonds oh one is probably one of the stronger cards as well yeah <laughs> let me, I, was just, I was just talking 2000 for oh, just 2000 i want yeah. galarraga right i'll give you the, the top 10 so it's an eight team league we did now, 2000, now 2001 caveat my league loves defense and speed for for whatever reason <laughs> right defense so can the, be important sure no it, it can is. be it, it no. I've yeah, also kind of laid off on my defense is important opinion. I think catcher and outfield infield so overrated. Yep, yeah, I, I think outfield is very important. But the top t- uh, out of the top eight um, in the first round, there were five oh one cards. That was Bonds, um, Mar- uh, Pedro, Arod, Ken Griffey, and Giambi. And then the only three oh one or uh, two thousand cards were Jason Kendall, which was my pick, Carrie uh, Wood on the Cubs. Oh, that's a really good pick. Crazy card, and Fernando Tatis. Really, he's really good. He's he's a. Uh, oh, that Fernando Curry? Tatis pick was for me, and that's just because I liked him. So don't t- discount that pick. No, 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 the, <laughs> sorry, then, the Carrie Wood pick, uh, yeah. the two thousand one. Oh, the pennant. Yeah, the pennant run is really good. Four out through sixteen with the seventeen through nineteen walk. Yeah, right. The walk. Yeah, no doubles, and he's a. And he's a stud. The, the I mean, following round to advance on him. Yeah. yeah the, the following yeah. round was almost mostly 2000. Was Sosa, Fiskel, Billy Wagner, Lofton, Tom Lampkin, Randy, Mariano. Like, yeah. that's where, like, again, a lot of the gotcha. cards that I think that we all... Lampkin is the weird one, but he's a he's a really good... Um, yeah, he's, he's a good... He's a nine. He's a good oh, control. Okay. He's, yeah, he's a good catcher arm. Um, he's got that eight. He bats. He could bat clean up really well. He kind of is that almost the same, living in the same spot as uh, as Pudge. How do you spell his last name? Sorry, uh, I'm just going to look Lampkin. Lampkin. Is it um, L-A-M- L-A-M-P? Yep, K-I-N. Yep. Okay, so the Mary said nine. I think he's three. Oh, yeah, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yvonne went to He's very solid, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So it just depends, like like Matt said, what strategy you're going for. Like, what do you get? What yeah, pick do you have? What what are you building your team around? Like, obviously nowadays, the first picks are like Trout, uh, you know, Jacob Degrom. <laughs> like these are like the first I'm, two I'm, picks, I'm, like every time, and Yelich uh, and and all them, like Cody Bellinger, like the the studs. But back then, I don't know. I I don't think a lot of people were grabbing McGuire because he was so slow. I could not I could not no. imagine myself grabbing like a C speed guy. Like Tatis yeah. is an A speed third baseman, and that's why I grabbed him. So, um, this Andre Scalaraga, we're talking about the 2000, where he's not on base, 510 points, 1620 yeah, home runs. Is that yeah. the Colorado? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why is he so good? I have no idea. Am I just, oh, okay, am, I, am I missing something? Like, I mean, I know he's got nine and 16. That seems pretty yeah, so that's, 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 that's why. That's but is it, it. Juan Gonzalez is the same thing, too. I think yeah, it's better. Yeah. That's crazy. No, okay, sure. Yeah. No, so, for whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. reason, yeah, yeah he's, but I, I don't know if it's just he strikes out, I think, and doesn't. One through four, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that helps, or I don't know their double ranges. Again, I, I haven't seen the card in a while, but I know that when I played with him, he killed it. And then when he played on that simulation, he killed it. And I was like, that's it. That's my guy. That's my guy from now on. <laughs> no, that's cool. He's I think he's just 15 double, actually. But yeah, I mean, that that's that's good stuff. Plus, I love him from the Rockies. Like, I sure. always liked oh, him as a Rockies I, player. <laughs> I totally get that. If I wasn't a Mets fan, I would have loved all the Braves players so much more, because I just like their <laughs> I like all their cards, but I can't like them for obvious reasons. Um. Yeah, do you when you guys look at the outs though, you if you're like deciding between stuff, do you do you maybe maybe not prioritize, but like look into like is the fly ball stuff good, right? That's probably I don't better care about than fly ball. I only okay, care right. about ground ball. Ground. Sure, just not gonna get ground ball, sure. And especially if he's C speed. If he's a C speed and has a lot of ground balls, yeah. I'm like, this fucking card's worthless. I'll double play all day. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Let's get another question in here. Um <laughs> So let's talk about bourbon over baseball. You guys are reviewing Whoop. all the players, I think, from different teams into the 2000s. Is that correct? Like the 2000? 2000, 2000 pennant. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um. So which of the teams do you think has the best players so far, or like overall, if you guys have like an idea of like what team has like the best guys? So bourbon over baseball was my uh, was my creation, my podcast, and it was a it was a what do you call it? Uh, an- it's anagram is the right word for my name. Is that the right word? Yeah. yeah so. Acronym, acronym, acronym. Oh, acronym. So, so it's for Bob. It was, it was gotcha. supposed to be Bob. Bur- you know, Bob is bourbon over baseball. Yeah, plus, yeah, I like yeah. to drink bourbon. And uh, I thought about, like, bourbon on the rocks instead of bourbon on the rocks. It's bourbon over baseballs. Um, but, yeah, we decided that we were going to do, like, a lot of different things. Do draft podcasts. Do I was going to film me playing, you know, playing the game from the from the ceiling. Uh, and then we definitely fell into this, you know, COVID thing where we we're going to do all these teams. So we, we've been, we're about, what, 70%, 75% done with all the teams as of the recording of this podcast. And uh, we've basically just broken on every single team so far, you know, the, just their OO value and the O1 value. Now, to your question, favorite team, obviously, I think the Indians and the Indians had, a, had a, an amazing uh, batting team. But the best team overall, even though I know you don't like them, in my opinion, is the Braves. <laughs> They so, their team was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> is, is that best just in terms of like all the cards are very good, or is that like best meaning there's like the best value there? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I would say the best because the the, the cards the are just that fucked. Sure. I mean they're 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 one through four starting rotation is ridiculous. They have Mike Remlinger and John Rocker yeah, to like great relievers. Yeah, yeah. and Crazy. let alone they had a pretty good like Brian Jordan. They got uh, in the outfield's uh, good Andrew Jones, right? Yeah, Andrew, oh. uh, Andrew Jones. Uh, their whole team just seems pretty solid. Then if you add in the pennant, you get Andres Galarraga. You get like, you know, <laughs> some, Lopez. Yeah, Javi Lopez. I mean, you just have a really solid team it. with a ridiculous starting pitching. Now, if you're just going straight batters, I think the Indians are probably one of the better 
you know, batting teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what you guys think, but uh, no, they're they're like I, I mean, know looking... I know Peter said the Mets. We we talked to Peter offline. He said the Mets are the best, except for Mike Hampton because <laughs> they they, they, like, they hurt the Mike Hampton. Yeah, right. Basically, in the top, like just going by the numbers of the base set, like the Braves, Indians, and Yankees are the top three. Um, by far, and then there's a okay. st- steep and en- like a steep enough drop off, and then that's where the Astros, Diamondbacks, Mets, Blue Jays, um, that that's where kind of the rest of the teams kind of live. But um, no, I mean, I mean, no doubt the Braves, Indians, Yankees are just bonkers good. Um, I maybe it's just because it's fresh and like top of mind, but like I was like really surprised by the Athletics team we just went through. They're solid um, all the way through, right? They are. Yeah, they're they're one yeah. through four are scary. It's I mean, it's mm-hmm. Velarde. Giambi, Stairs, Jaha. Like the Brewers had a sneaky good team too. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Burnett's the good catcher guy, right? They've got good stuff. Yeah, yeah, they have they have they have a couple tens. Then they have Ryan Klesko on the pennant run. Oh, Padres. Padres were good. They were also sneaky good too. Um, I felt like so when I played like with Houston, I felt like they had a real. I know you mentioned a really good one through four, one through three. If you can get over the fact that all their starters are three control, oh sure, right, you can do really well because their offense is crazy. And then you got Wagner. Yeah, I mean, like I feel like what it's it's Bagwell, Alou, and like uh, Everett, like Vigio, Everett. If you add in the pennant run, you get like that crazy Daryl Ward. Yeah, the ten catcher isn't yeah yeah, and Malewski. And then yeah. if you and then and then if you really wanted to go deep, if you did 0 to 01, I think Houston has the best team because then you get like uh, Hidalgo's ten card, yeah. like you you all of a sudden really get a fucking ridiculous team. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So like I, I remember when I was playing, I feel like when I was doing this, and I did it a little weirdly, but I I think Houston was like the best team that I had, and I only got to play like thirty games for each team, but I I feel like Houston was the best team, and then. The athletics too, because they were. I remember them having like a really deep team. Yeah, but if you get Zito and Hudson together, yeah, I won. You're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all that stuff. Yeah, I have that combined. Um, okay. Um, so this is the biggest question that I have personally for all of oh, you yeah. guys. Um, what do you think is the best set or your favorite set? I guess out of the 2000, <laughs> 2000 pennant, 2001 base, and 2001 pennant. My, mine is no question the 2001 base. That's the one I I kind of jumped into this game like right around when that came out. Um, so I didn't really have that much that many 2000 cards, and I kind of had to relearn those when I got back into the game. But the 2001 cards were very much on mine, and I just think like the 2000 design is is iconic to me. Um, you know, with that stripe on the side, um, it's like perfectly retro. It feels very 90s, uh, which it was. Um, but then like the 2001 felt like this kind of perfect middle ground that it, you could still tell these cards were old, but the, it was definitely a little bit of a more mo- modern design. And, um, and like I said, like my favorite cards that I framed right next to me are from that era. So, um, I just have a, you know, I just love that set, like probably so much more than any of the other sets and any of the other cards. Yeah. I, I think for, if you would have asked me last year, I would have said 2000 because, up until the past year, I probably only had like half of the 2001 set, and now I'm only one card away from fully completing it. So, oh, like, what do you I have the pennant run A Rod, oh, which is okay, what I yeah. have, <laughs> and uh, that's like one of the only cards I had at 01 for a long I, time. Uh, I so I've been playing like a 01. We I did a challenge with that where everybody was like GMs and made trades and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I've been like seeing a lot of the 01s now, and I just I really like the design. And just it feels like the games play a lot of fun too. 
Interesting. Yes, yeah, so I'll dive deep into this one. So I uh, I loved OO. I, that's when I started playing. I had every single card from OO when I was just out of college, and I framed all the cards over the course of like five or six poster boards, you know, in my house. So it looked like a giant rainbow of color. It was so pretty and it was so well done. Um, especially all laid out in exact collector card order. Uh, that being said, um, there's a lot of interesting things between OO and O1. OO had, and we've talked about this a little bit earlier, they they really did they didn't do a good job with the relievers. They were too cheap. They were undervalued, even though they overvalued closers. I also think that they, um, they, um, oh, what's the, uh, what's talking about the, um, so, so anyway, they, they overvalued, they undervalued the, uh, the, the relievers, which, and then, oh, one, they overvalued, they fixed it the wrong way. Then they didn't have this. I was going to say they didn't have the ones and twos starters in OO, which in relievers a little bit, they, that, that kind of hurt too. So I think I like OO because I thought it looked prettier at the time and, was nostalgia but now that just like matt said now that i've played oh one a little bit i think it's a better set i think they did a better job with dispersing the value even though i think the relievers are overvalued they have too many points allocated i think the the actual what we did with our 2018 and 2019 set was to find a nice middle ground i think that's a better course but in terms of the player values they went from four on base to 11 they they dispersed the points better i thought uh, there's like more 10 point players and stuff like that. They obviously went from zero to six with the uh, the starters and relievers, which gives you a much nicer range. So we've talked about doing an NL only draft. I thought for sure we should do O one. It's just a better, yeah. a better, cleaner set to to play with. But I still probably nostalgically like O O because I had it framed. But if I if you if you told me I had to play with a set, I'd probably want to play with O one. And now that I've played with it, I actually think it's prettier because they zoomed in on the players a lot more. So this is yep. like what we talked about in the podcast is in OO, it was basically full body pictures. And in O one, it is basically belt and above type pictures or knees and above. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That's What's that's yours? interesting. Uh, I think I'm just going to go classic like the first one, uh, yeah. the zero zero set. Yeah, I just that's when I first started playing like everyone in my like everyone of my friends are playing and it just feels feels the most nostalgic, but definitely you know, those two are obviously the most ones. Like, I played the other ones when they came out, but, you know, it doesn't, who cares about that stuff? Um. I think I think for 01, what I really liked is, like, when you go to base, like, if you're watching baseball, like, mm-hmm. as a team builds, you need pitching. And I mm-hmm. think in the 01, they made the starters, like, are valuable. And, like, the star hitting, hitters are valuable, too. But, like, those middle ground hitters are a little less valuable now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, those are kind of more prevalent in the league. So it's like, you can mm-hmm. either get star hitters and good pitching and then fill around with like the middle guys, you know, like Larry Walker's only like 360 points for a nine. That's still a really good player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you guys are definitely right too about like, you know, there's, especially when we're talking about pitching, it goes in the 2000 set, it goes from three to zero, right. With, with uh, control, having the ones in the twos, there's also yeah. a lot better for like a deeper stuff. Too. I think and I like, like to do two stuff. twos in the entire OO set. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, like there, wait, there, there are two. Oh, wow. I didn't even know there were any there, honestly. It's, it's Esteban yeah. Jan. Is he pennant run? Oh, yeah. He is pennant run. And then, uh, like, actually, I don't know. Very few. Uh, and then yeah. I think there's a guy on like the Cardinals or, oh, or might the be. Royals, maybe. They got what? And then there's that one guy who's a, uh, the four on base for the Cardinals, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that the catcher. catcher. Oh, yeah. I just always, a ridiculous chart. Yeah. That I always, Jeff I'm likes. pretty sure what, Corey <laughs> Patterson was the foil in 2001 that was like five. Yeah, right? yeah, Wasn't he, that he's, him? Yeah, he, he's yeah. a special place in my heart. I love that card. 
I've, I think I, like, when I was a kid, I, like, traded for as many as possible. I'm like, this card secretly has to be really good. There's no way it's, like, <laughs> it's actually not. Yeah, going to no, be really good. Yeah. Right, it's actually pretty bad. And, like, no, between, <laughs> between the, That's no. what I, yeah. in the 01 pennant run, I think the fun thing there is the foils are either guys that went to new teams or, like, these mm. prospects that had terrible cards. Mm. Like, you have a foil Pujols that's 160 yeah, yeah. points. Like, the Yankees yeah. guys, 70 points. Like, it's kind of fun. To like, oh, this guy's the future. Like, if we made like a, you know, like a Louis Robert one, and he's like a six on base, but he's a foil. Like, it's just kind of. One thing I hated about O one pennant is they have no fucking idea what they're doing about card collecting order. (laughs) I fucking can't organize the damn set. It ticks me off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Yeah, I never, never thought to do that, but that that makes a lot of sense. Um, Okay, so I've got one. Final thing, if we want to talk about just like ye old regular baseball that's happening right now, what do you guys think of the season so far? Do you think there were any like big surprises or you want to make any fun predictions for the rest of the year? Right now, the, the Indians, Indians are losing. Sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm and so I'm... sick of watching them swing at, at balls that are bouncing. Yeah. And Trout's, Trout's over two in the leadoff spot right now. Um, I think a couple things uh, they did wrong this season was one, they probably should have never even had the season. I think they should have scrubbed it and just waited till next year. Um, and then so they rushed into this. They didn't have a great plan. A lot of people are getting hurt for no reasons. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of injuries that, that probably should not be happening. Lots of pitcher stuff. Um, I think the idea of doing um, the universe DH is fine. I think they need to, they need to adjust into robo umps. I've seen some really fucking bad calls this year. Uh, you know, behind the plate. I also do not understand why in the hell they're doing the extra inning second base thing. Uh, it makes no damn sense. I, what, how many times does it come up? Like a handful of times. You should yeah, just ran. You, you should just ran with the ties and just yeah. just I, dealt with the ties. One hundred percent. It makes with the ties. no damn sense. Yeah, because so, it's all win percent this year now. Anyway, exactly. So, I just don't get that. Plus, the idea of like we need to put them on second base because we need to speed the game up is slower than a tie. So I don't I don't get that idea. Now, what the fun part is seeing like Charlie Blackman almost at 500 for like the first yeah. month, which is just crazy. And yeah. seeing like Tatis be a wrecking ball. Um, I also love seeing Bauer just troll everybody, you know, in the man, which is just <laughs> yeah. which I absolutely love. And he's drinking imaginary beers on the mound, um, <laughs> which is just fucking great. And he's fun to watch on Twitter. Um, but, you know, it, I haven't really watched the season other than highlights and be. One, because I got rid of cable, and two, because MLB does a terrible job with letting their fans watch their games, with blacking out the the marketing for their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a terrible thing. And so now I just watch highlights, and basically that means home runs and stellar plays. Um, but in general, it's it's cool, and it's not like I like seeing Shane Bieber. The idea of him like striking out a zillion people is amazing uh, in this short thing. But I just fear that this is hurting a lot of players with injuries and whatnot. And, and, and we just, we should have probably been a little safer. Just COVID was, was real. And we probably should just, I don't know, took the season off and said, you know what, let's all be safe. We're going to, we're just going to take the year off. And we're going to play it again next year and we're going to do awesome. And I would have thought that would have been the better way to do this, Right, I, but I that's agree. my rant. <laughs> I agree with almost everything Bob said. I think that the season just, I I'm psyched. It's backed. I kind of love the 60 game aspect that it's just so bonkers in terms of all other baseball seasons that like it statistically is not going to make sense. And I think that's funny. And part of me is excited to see what showdown cards we get out of it. But (laughs) from a, from a human standpoint, I still felt very weird that this was happening and uh, did not think it should be happening. But um, especially, I mean, I think um, the NBA 
has always done things right. They've always seemed to be kind of the forefront of what everybody else in any other sports league should be doing. The MLB, on the other hand, and I can say this from a personal and a professional standpoint, is seems to be decades behind on everything they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know the NBA being in a bubble and managing it that way um, has been, looked brilliant, whereas uh, the MLB just being kind of the Wild West and free-for-all, uh, especially when they had more... Uh, I wouldn't, you know... The MLB had time, a little bit more time to plan and could have been the first back. And instead, the NBA, had, who had their season uprooted in the middle of it, um, somehow came back in a better way. It's just it's really bonkers. But anyway, that's my rant there. But I think that in terms of uh, the, the player at second thing is dumb. I, I I'm a you know, I've become to love statistics and their def- like how they're defined and you know their kind of their completeness and throwing a guy it's losing a game uh when a pitcher you know does a um a ground ball and then a fly ball and then the game is basically over is kind of insane to me um so and then the the one that's even more bonkers to me and that this makes me mad um because this is all money driven is the uh the seven inning double headers um, oh my god I, I just like the if you if you care what is if, that what is right that? if, this is if the dumbest... ml it's so dumb if the mlb actually did care about you know getting player safety and getting them rest in between games then guess what you would be playing a game at 10 a.m and a game at 7 p.m um so i i, I just it's it's definitely all money driven. They want to have the ratings, and I you know, and I get it. You have a small season. You're already losing a ton of money in ad revenue, and t- you'd have no tickets being sold. I get it, um, but I, I think that you conceded a lot of those things when you agreed to have the season. Um, so anyway, that's yeah. my two cents. My, there. my turn is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> I get a turn after well, two guys. Don't what, oh, what yeah. did we leave you, Matt? So yeah, yeah, so I like the thing that I like the most about the NBA bubble is for like the playoffs and the, the early games is it's literally from one o'clock on there's basketball on TV. And I think where MLB screwed up is there's basically other than games that are like double headers and Sundays, it's still all seven o'clock games. And it's like, there's no fans. You can literally do the games whenever you want. And I think it would be better that way. Cause I really wasn't a fan of a 60 game season. I I'm on the side where the players wanted more games and the owners were like, okay, you know, we need to just, cut our losses, which, okay, it's your business, your decision. But I think they could have definitely done a better job. Like I was watching KBO games when there was nothing else. And it's like, they could have had that. And it just seems odd to me that they're like, we're going to travel to every city, even though players don't have home field advantage, there's no fans, but we're going to fly. We're going to play a three game series in Cleveland and they're going to play the twins again right after in Minnesota and fly there to play another three games when you could have just knocked them all out in one area. I, I don't see the point in that at all when there's no fans. But and yeah, Also to your point, doesn't that make it more exciting as a um, like social media content when the games are at like noon, people yeah. are talking about it all day from noon until midnight. You got people broadcast, you got an, you got analysts just going about this all day, and MLB could be promoting the shit out of this stuff. Instead, it's like only at seven. So you'll only if you're a fan, you can see your team, and that's it. Maybe. I, I think MLB's <laughs> always screwed that up too. Like we've, like you said, with uh, social media and stuff. Like there's so many fun players. Like when they mic the guys up in spring training, oh, it's I so much a, fun. I became mm-hmm. a fan of Freddie Freeman. Like he was always a good player, but it's like, oh, this guy's funny when he's got a mic. You know, stuff like that. Like you mean to tell me if they didn't put a mic on Francisco Lindor? Or somebody that's got like tons of personality, like it wouldn't be a great time. 
Did right. you see I, Freeman on third base the other day talking to that guy from the Phillies? Yeah, by, yeah after home he run? did his first home. Oh run. my god, it was great. He's yeah. he's he's awesome. <laughs> I just like Anthony him. Rizzo's got a great personality. Like there's yeah. so many guys that are fun, and it's like they try to not show that almost. No, <laughs> it's I think like, I think they work hard to actually you know um, put the, like to really keep it like they almost do anything they can to not be fun. Yeah, it's like and, and I, I think. Uh, the big thing is like, all these unwritten rules right now. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like you're a, a past player and you have these rules that you guys had, but like, that's like, could you imagine, Oh, this NBA team's up seven and they chucked a three to try and come back. That's an unwritten rule. You're supposed to just lose. Like, I, I don't get that. Yeah. It's, I think, I mean, I don't, the unwritten rule thing is crazy. It's just not. And like, I, uh, especially with, you know, the Padres manager. Like, I, I mean, I just hoped that the MLB went to him and said, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> especially since probably one of the best things that we've gotten out of the season is Tatis Jr.'s come out party. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. And just that he's Slam going to be Diego a he, so right, slam. Di- they're going to be they're going to be good for years. And Tatis Jr. is going to be good for probably a decade. Right. And then, like, probably one of the first huge moments in his career, if not the moment that kind of starts his career in terms of being a superstar is like his managers doing that. Like the MLB, I hope that again, like the unwritten rules I know is not the MLB explicitly. It's if some, someone's not going around and saying like, it's not like they're whispering into the, you know, into the dugout saying like, you shouldn't swing on a three open, you know, it's like, that's not happening, but yeah. it's, it's, it's some, it's definitely a systemic thing and it's been around and I don't think they've done anything to try to, you know, to try to, put that away to get that out of here so well i think well i think it's going to start it's going to change as the younger players take over the game the older players are going out the analytics are driving a lot of this now there's still a lot of it probably we shouldn't be uppercut swinging every damn ball right oh i hate that yeah but i mean but realistically the idea of the game play hard we were were watching the the indians last night and it was like me and my girlfriend were laughing because every player they play the shift on yeah. And there's no strikes. And it's like, you mean to tell me you can't control slap the ball down the third baseline where there's nobody within 100 well, feet? These guys, I guess, can't. What I was listening to was uh, once they've been so ingrained to do yeah. this pole thing, they, blows keep, my they mind. can't. Yeah, versus like I think of Mike Trout. Like people joked, I think back in the day, like like yeah, hit one to this spot, he could just do it because he yeah. he can hit the ball anywhere. I think that's what makes Juan Soto so damn good. I looked at his like spray chart for his home runs; it's fucking everywhere. He's yeah. so talented of a of a baseball player, and it's it's sad that people are like one dimensional in a sense, which I really don't like. And and MLB sort of promotes that too, and that sort of sucks. But I don't know. I, I think they need to promote people more like Trevor Bauer, who's getting yelled at that he can't wear free Joe Kelly's cleats, which is super fucking funny. And, and, and said they're like hurt it, you know, they're, they're, they're yelling at him. And that, I think, yeah. I think if we want, you're losing fans that way. <laughs> right. If we want to point towards an actual Those young thing, fans, <laughs> right. If we want to point towards something that the MLB actually did this season to kind of show in a, um, you know, in a concrete way that they're just not there yet. Um, it's the Joe Kelly thing. It's, it's, it's the Joe, it's them suspending him for eight games for, um, arguably throwing one pitch and then just kind of doing a frowny face. Like, I mean, it's, it's like, I mean, then like, of course, everything oh God, that came out of face it, is so funny. I haven't right, saved it, my phone for me. Oh, Matt, <laughs> if that's not on his card for, tw- for this season, then what are we doing? Right? Like yeah, that is his custom card, but no, it's a, 
it's, I mean, he, I mean, I don't, everybody knows this, but he was suspended um, eight more games or, you know, than any of the Astros people combined. I mean, it's just like, it really just shows you how scarily off they were. Well, and, and I think are. the biggest thing with that suspension was that they, um, that he said, I didn't get ejected and I followed all the COVID rules that you placed. No, you know, he's yelling at me. I walked back to my dugout. I didn't antagonize him. I didn't go after him. I yeah. did exactly what I was supposed to do. And after the inning was over, I went right to my dugout. And I was like, yeah, you pretty much did everything LB wants, except for the fact that they don't understand anything. <laughs> so just... I mean, coming back to like, this is back to like shut up and dribble stuff with LeBron. I mean, it's kind of like the MLB is promoting this agenda of just shut up and play baseball. Um, and we're, we're, you know, for things like this. And um, I think the Astros thing is a very, of course, it's a lightning rod, um, but I think it matters just because it's somewhat self-contained within the sport itself. Um, and I think that, you know, a situation where, um, of, you know, the probably one of the best things of having this season is like, nope, hopefully no one for, forgot what the Astros did. And um, and I think everybody with, you know, COVID stuff thought that they were just going to kind of get away with it. And no, but there was going to be no I'm not going to say retribution, but that's not the right way. But there needed to people needed to remember. And I think Joe Kelly doing that in a small way, not by throwing at people, because I think it's ridiculous that pitchers can throw. Well, that also Joe Kelly has no control. He like breaks his damn wife's window trying to warm up. He's. He's not the best right. pitcher, so, but I but I think that <laughs> so the them stands, right, yeah them suspend. So anyway, we're we're ranting, but yeah, Jesse, yeah, curious for your curious for your takes. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for for my stuff, I mean, pretty much just uh, I agree with pretty much everything you said. The second guy in second base thing is crazy to me. That that boggles my mind. Like I don't even know who that gets assigned to the run if he scores or no one maybe. It's uh, no one. It's the uh, yeah. last out, which That's, sounds like softball. Last, outs, last out gets on second, but it's an unearned run, technically. Oh, really? I guess that's fair, it's I guess. So Could you imagine yeah, if a that, guy throws weird. a no-hitter like, and loses? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, hey, that that that's why I hate uh, the I hate I hate that one. I I already said it, so I hate. Yeah, it. yeah, I I just like that the most. I'm glad they finally introduced either universal DH or just got rid of the DH. Like I was fine with either. Just making the league standardized is way more important yeah. to me. So um, I'm happy they're doing that. it though. I would I I'm great. I don't care which way you went. Just yeah. make it the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much that's how. Yeah, that's how I feel. Um, but yeah, I mean everything else you said, we got you guys were right. I was trying to get the guy who does the. Twitter account for the uh, Astro Shame Tour on the show, um, <laughs> but he uh, he's he's too big time for me now, so oh, he's I don't think he's coming too. on. Unfortunately, he's, do, he's we'll doing see. pretty well. He's so. yeah, he's good. He's still having. I thought honestly it was going to be a death knell to that Twitter account, like the the postponement of the season. I thought no one would care anymore, but people really care. It goes to a testament about not people not forgetting about the Astros, kind of what they yeah. did, right? So I guess that's good. I got a oh, question I, for I don't... you, Jesse. Oop, um, what's do up? you follow us then on uh, as we release the um, custom cards? Are you are you excited for twenty twenty crazy cards? <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I do follow the blog. I follow you guys on on YouTube and stuff like that. So I'm looking out for any kind of custom content coming out because that is interesting. Did you um, like my my post the other day with the random cards? I think I saw you did. Uh, was that the uh, was that the one with the commons? Like, I remember seeing the commons one that was pretty cool. No, it was like Stuff a Tatis here. and uh, Tim Anderson and oh stuff on like Twitter. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was dope. Yeah, I love the way they looked. 
right? They were like, yeah, super, I just did like yeah, a random custom. Cool. Oh yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah, dude, super can, cool. Can we bring up? So uh, just for fun, Matt made me a. I, I told him after the f- Chain Bieber's first start, he should make a one-game Bieber card, and it was like 900 points because he was so good. Yeah. <laughs> Funny and, and we're like, yeah, this won't last. Funny enough, like five games in, it lasted. <laughs> like his card is well, still he has two runs today. So, Tonight, uh, yeah, but like he's got I guess, ten strikeouts. As of two hours ago, his card was like he was the best in the he was like probably the best in the set at like seven hundred points or something. Well, before right? la- before yesterday, before Bauer. Uh, Bauer Bauer was yeah. the best before his start yesterday. Yeah, he got four runs. Is he had like a point six eight ERA through yeah, four starts? Like it, it was like Bauer, Bieber, and Dobnak were like the best three so far this year for starters. Yeah, yeah it's pretty exciting. So I, I I at first I think some people asked us on Twitter like are you guys going to make the 2020 set? And I was like, at, fr- at first I'm like, I don't like what if sets. I don't like the idea of these sets that aren't like complete. Um, and uh, part of me still doesn't really want to make any of the cards for the 2020 set. But then part of me also likes to just want to make like the top 10 to 10 guys. You know what I mean? And I know Matt will do a lot. I'm sure. Cause Matt say, I, it. <laughs> me and Peter are both kind of all in like yeah. at this point, like it's going to be crazy and they're going to be ridiculous, but like showdown, the cards are usually based off a percentage of their uh, at bats yeah. anyways. So we can do that. It's just, we might have some really weird ones. I just don't know but, if you have enough sample size to do it. If a team only plays like 40 games right. or and 30 that's where the, games, it'll be weird. That's for sure. <laughs> Like, I, I, was think really I think we should embrace results. it and get like a COVID background for the cards. <laughs> just be like, oh, yeah, we were talking about like I think oh, every funny. single every single picture should try if it, hopefully the player was on the field or whatever. But every single picture should definitely have like a mask if it can. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> just like so it's a mm-hmm. visual reminder of what Clint happened. Frazier. Yeah, Clint <laughs> Frazier, Lindor's always got his on. I say even if like the like where we put the pennant run symbol, you could have like the COVID virus symbol. <laughs> That would make a lot of people fun. I, again, I, I was just wondering what you thought, Jesse. Like, uh, for us, like, are you excited for? Uh, are you are you more of an 0001 nostalgia, or do you like the custom nature of the new stuff? Um, I I'm definitely more in it for the nostalgia. Uh, I think that's just like so powerful for me. I don't know why, just like as a as a person. But I love seeing the custom cards because I would always like to like add new cards to like like, you know, playing playing the game. Right? Have you like, seen I, some of my 1996 stuff? The 1996 stuff? I have, I, it's possible. Okay. Um, I made a, I made one post about it, I think on the blog, but I haven't done anything really since. And, and uh, Matt knows this every once in a blue moon, I get time to like do one or two cards. That's my pet mm-hmm. project is to get the, the entire, like, I think it's 480 cards, the 1996 season. Um, so I'm working on that, but uh, there's, there's probably like a hundred cards made or, you know, something like that so far. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. No, I'll like, be done. Oh, one style, which will be really cool. I know. I'm pretty sure you guys in the past have like redone cards from like the 2002, 2003, like all those seasons in like yeah. the 2000, 2001. I like that a lot because um, like really like when MLB showdown was out is kind of like when I paid attention the most to baseball uh, up until now. So like I really just like looking back on there from the nostalgia factor like you know like ninety nine sure I was a little young for that like before that stuff so it doesn't hit as hard as like you know like all the guys that are there that show up in two thousand although they pretty much played most of their careers I feel like the guys I know like Canseco you know Griffey and uh, I mean or maybe not Griffey but like McGuire and uh, and so, so already had that stuff before two thousand I feel like right so like they all had their careers in the nineties so it'd yeah. be pretty hey, cool Matt, to look at are you way. still doing that like uh, remastered stuff or no. We haven't touched it in a while. I think it like 
the thing with me and Peter is we both have great ideas and terrible execution. <laughs> so like we have like seven projects that we've been working on and it's like, See, we just I used, I used to have great execution, but with kids and stuff, I probably right. have like zero time to do anything these days. And it's like, cause it's like, Oh, like, so for example, with the NCAA cards, it started out as the SEC. We're going to do the SEC. And then Peter's looking at other stats and he's like, we should add in some of like, like, uh, that Rochman on the, the Orioles, uh, mm-hmm. I yeah. can't. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. But so he went to Oregon State, and his card's insane. Yeah, he's so posted the, there. Then day. we start. We started looking at other, like you know, years or like other conferences, and all of a sudden we have five conferences, and it's like <laughs> this is never going to get done ever. But like, yeah, we, we need like a project manager, like keeping <laughs> yeah, us yeah, like yeah, on yeah. track, you know? Like maybe that. We did have like, we had that one guy, uh, Bradley from uh, California, yeah. helping us at one point. But I thought the really cool idea, and the reason I brought this up, Jesse, was um, mm-hmm. was uh obviously oh was awesome and oh one was mm-hmm. awesome a, a lot for all of us but there were some mistakes like vladimir vladimir guerrero was wrong uh mike hampton got shafted um javier vike javier vasquez got like overrated mm-hmm. um and so this there was an idea that peter and matt were going to maybe possibly redo the entire oh 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 set with the actual stats they would have gotten with actual, because now that we've play yeah. tested, we know what actually works yeah, and what, yeah. what accumulates correct stats. So now wow. you actually could remaster the OO set correctly. And so there were some fun cards they were playing with, but yeah, uh, and it's still just a, it's a I huge mean, project. Yeah, oh, yeah, I was going to say that it's, it's got to be. Yeah. And, and for us, because like the one thing that I love about the, the newer sets, especially the, the 2018, is every team had 20 players. So like like mm-hmm. how I was talking to you before, nice. like I like yeah. to play as actual teams, whereas OO and one some teams have 15 guys, some teams have 20, and it's yeah. only like 460 cards. I personally would be like, I want each team to have be well represented because I'm more of a fan of playing as teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could add those cards in, right? That'd be, that'd be fucking cool, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay, so we've gone for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> which is great no 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 that's, that's what happens right. when we get talking yeah, yeah we, can, we, we can talk yeah like, it really we do seems it. like it that's awesome. every 20 minute podcast i do is an hour long oh my gosh yeah we if you if, if we you want to talk about data you know we should run a, we could run a money ball you know a money ball book on our how we started with our first podcast in the showdown series and the 2000 was like 20 it was like 30 minutes or 25 30, and then 35 then minutes and the next one was 38 and then 42 and then 50 <laughs> and then an hour like what are we doing like what are we doing yeah. wrong here so no i, was, I love it i love was, it this was great yeah yeah i had a great time um why don't you guys plug your stuff again uh for the end of the show oh so uh, i'm bob again at uh, bob bumbarger uh on the twitter handle but you can find me at bourbon over baseball on youtube uh, which I also plug then the the blog um, and uh, and my Twitter. Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm Matt and I'm at MLB Showdown Cup. Do a lot of random, you know, post random cards and like you know stupid baseball thoughts. And then uh, also join the Discord if you love baseball. Our MLB Showdown Discord. It's like it. I literally started it for my league of twenty people, and now it's over a hundred people, and everybody just talks Showdown all day. Yeah, that's a real thing. It just it's 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 ridiculous. It, it is like just like today we're talking about which foils were undervalued. So that's been a lot of fun. Um but uh yeah, my I'm <laughs> kind of coming full circle on Doug Brocale being my favorite pitcher. Um my Twitter handle is Doug Brocale 2000. Um I already got in, if you're if you're thinking about it, I already got in trouble for impersonating Doug Brocale. So um I am not the real Doug Brocale. So 
but yeah, come find me there, Matt, his Bob, like any of us can get you an invite in the, uh, into the discord. If anybody's interested, of course, we are more than willing to talk showdown at any point ever, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, so yeah, just hit us up. Yeah. Awesome guys. Um, if I, I might have some more pointed questions in the future about certain cards and stuff like that, I would love to discuss sometimes. So that'd be really oh, dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks guys for coming on. Uh, All right. Thanks. No problem. Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. Man. That's it for this episode of the Bacon Game Sports Bar. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And follow Jesse on Twitter at E-S-S-E-J-T-H-E-S-L. <laughs>